Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I am Ryan's co-host, Bartek. Hello, Bartek. How are you? Hello. <laughs> I like it when uh, I like it when people in Australia think that Polish is one of those languages that has the phlegmy ch sounds in it. No, I'm just saying you sound phlegmy all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> we and you just said it. We're Polish because we're spitting Polish, likingly because we are always spitting, <laughs> and we are both Polish. Huyve. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be Jewish Polish people, don't judge me. Judge the Nazis who got rid of them. So, Bartek, we're doing our show Unappreciated Masterpieces, a show in which we cover films that we deem worthy of discussion. We say, hey, these deserve more appreciation, more love, more discussion, more breakdown, more analysis. And not only is it that we're doing, you know, our normal show, this is this is the month of February where we cover movies of a certain theme and a variety and this month well we're covering the most important one of them all we're covering an individual who we think is unappreciated a filmmaker that deserves more love more attention more analysis more breakdown all of this stuff who are we covering who's our who's our person of the month well ryan in this world there are many types and one of the types you can find are the smith types Ah. And the Smith, we're covering a Smith type this month. We are Will covering Smith. The Excellent. Ke- we are, he, well, he Foreshadowing. Is, <laughs> we are covering for this month the Kevin type of Smith. Kevin Smith. Oh, is he one of the Will Smith brothers or something? No, 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 no. Sons. No, 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 he's no, no, he's no. the other. He's not. He's the one who's not their names. No, no, no. He's the white guy. Oh, that the the nerd one. The nerd one. Which nerd one? Kevin Smith's the nerd. Bartek. Oh yes, I'm breaking it down to you. He's a pop culture nerd aficionado. I mean, we're covering a film that involves some nerdy stuff. Mm. Yes, you, you, the history of Kevin Smith on this show. Um, once I said Kevin Smith, uh, Kevin Smith instead of Kevin James. <laughs> yes, and that's about did. it. Yes, you did. So Bartek, what Kevin Smith movie are we covering? What one are we launching off for the month? Yes, just to be clear, we are doing. Four Kevin Smith films in this February 2019. Still have to get used to saying that year. Yeah. As it takes, you know, a season, usually. This (laughs) week, the first week of February's Unappreciated Masterpieces, and the first episode of the year for us. Isn't February a hard word to say? Yeah, there are two R's in it. February. What's it in Polish? The film we are covering... <laughs> I'm not very good at the month. I know that May is mine. <laughs> Go on. The first film we are covering... Uh, Classic. Sorry, something in the studio is falling. Should we... It's our guest. Guest, stop falling down. <laughs> so, we, we are doing Jeffchina's Jersey. <laughs> repeat it. Repeat the title. Repeat it. Jeff China's Jersey. <laughs> it's the return of our friend, Jeff China. <laughs> Jeff China's Jersey. Jeff China's Jersey. You know what's really great? Kevin Smith is known for wearing those big hockey jerseys. Yeah, hockey jerseys. And his most recent, as of recording this, I looked him up this morning, his most recent news article was Kevin Smith clarifies his relationship being over with wearing hockey jerseys. Oh, he doesn't wear them anymore? He doesn't wear them anymore. Ah, okay. He Well, he clarifies that, you know, He's moving on to a new phase. He had a heart attack. He's lost a lot 
weight. Now he's really getting into being a, a spokesperson for IMDb. He's making a re relaunching the Jay and Silent Bob characters and wants Jamie Lee Curtis to be in it for some reason. And he doesn't wear jerseys anymore. But we're not doing the Kevin Smith jersey saga. We're doing Jeff China's jersey. Jeff China's Huzzah! jersey. Which means like Jeff China from Jersey. But oh, Je- is he from Jersey? <laughs> is he a Jersey boy? It's one of those... Clint Eastwood movie. It's one of those funny titles. Like, why is he called Jeff China if he's not from China? What does it actually mean, though? Jeff China's jersey means girl from Jersey. But the film is called Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl? Yes. Oh, I love Jersey Girl. It's one of my favorite. Jersey Boy songs. Jersey Girl. Jersey. <laughs> Jersey Baby. Is that I, one? I, I, I'll take your word for it. I've, I haven't seen it. We have a guest. Someone who is a Jersey Girl expert. And no, it's not Kevin Smith's mum. It is not Kevin <laughs> yeah. Smith. And by God, it is not the little girl from Jersey Girl. Or Kevin James. It is my fiance and my housemate. Because I have to reference the housemate part because... We watch all of these movies together, mm-hmm. but never in my life have I seen Rachel Apps be more engaged with a movie than this okay. movie. She was <laughs> physically engaged with this movie, as well as spiritually and soulfully. Hello, Rachel Apps. Hello, guys. Hello, Rachel. <laughs> Great to have you here. Are you ready for Jersey Girl? Yes. Now, you people at home have well, to be she's ready for, for it. So, you know. <laughs> and engaged to you, too. I am the Jersey Girl. So, um, you guys at home have to have a copy of Jersey Girl on you. Kevin Smith, if you're listening, I know you have a copy of it, mate. He apparently has one that's like three hours long where Liv Tyler. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where was... J Lo, her was an exit extended... from the film is 45 minutes in. But, yeah. guys. Get your copy of the film Jersey Girl, because I have a copy, so you should have a copy, because I'm going to do a countdown from three, I'm going to say play, and we're going to be hopefully lined up as we talk about the movie. So get ready, because I'm going to start this in three, two, one, play. Wow. So, Bartek, how are you? Did you love Jersey Girl? (laughs) Did you not hear the word I just said, wow? Wow. Wow? Yeah, I was anticipating your question. So your answer to how are you, wow. (laughs) Well, how did I find Jersey Girl? Wow. It oh, was you were wowed by it? I was wowed by it, and I say wow. So for those uh, paying attention at home, we are looking at the very stylish production company of Kevin Smith, View Askew, where Jay and Silent Bob are going on some crazy adventures. I've never seen a, a production company just have such a fun little opener there. Almost as good as Regency's logo, according to David Fincher, who hates that logo so much. Now, I... I'm unfamiliar with Jersey Girl until watching this movie. Like I'm, mm. I know its reputation, but I've never actually seen it, and I didn't know the storyline. I've seen the poster Kev, uh, of Ben Affleck and a little girl, and I just went, "Oh, okay, it's one of those movies." But Bartek, were you familiar with Jersey Girl? No, I was not. I might have heard the title, but I was not familiar with what it was. So nothing. Nothing. No- and in fact, I should probably say that Kevin Smith has been. Someone who I haven't experienced much of, but I'd heard a lot of him. He's an interesting filmmaker and an interesting uh, guy in real life, at least. You know, podcaster, all that kind of stuff. Spoken word artist, I guess, uh, you know. Yeah, for reference, Ryan, you brought up the idea that we'd be doing Kevin Smith month, like, maybe two, three months in advance. Yeah. 
And I remember, like, as soon as you told me about it, I did look some stuff up about him, and, you know, I just watched a few videos of him talking about stuff, and, yeah, he's a very, very kind of charismatic, nerdy kind of guy. He kind of reminds us of one of our friends who we've had on the show, Sam Noonan, mm. if he, if our friend Sam Noonan actually got a film career. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, Rachel... You're the you're the Jersey girl expert. In fact, I wasn't even thinking of having you on as a guest for this. Yeah, but you t- you insist. Can we talk about a few weeks ago when you were bringing up Jersey Girl? But first, Rachel, <laughs> tell us about your history with Jersey Girl. So this was one of the first films that my mum bought on DVD. Ooh. So I've seen this film easily over ten times. Mm, that's a lot. Yeah, I watched it a lot. Like, I watched the Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets a bit more. Really? That over this? Yeah. Hear that, Kevin? You need to pick up your game. I you mean, need to have more wizardry in your movies. Well, secrets are a girl's best friend. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Chambers. <laughs> so, Rachel, you were really pumped that we were doing this movie, because I said yeah. to you, we're doing Kevin Smith movies, and Rachel, are you that familiar with Kevin Smith outside of this film? I didn't realise how much I was until we went through how many of his films I have watched. This is by far my personal favourite. Not Zack and Miri make a porno? No, I don't like that one nearly as much. Like, it's still a solid film, and you'll get into it more, because I believe that that's on the list for this month. It is. But this particular film has a special place in my heart, as I watched it so much when I was growing up. Is that place Stephen Root? Who is in this? I kind of forgot that Stephen Root was Stephen Root in this. Like I remembered <laughs> he was his, I remembered his character, but I didn't remember that it was Stephen Root because I watched this long before I was introduced to his amazing to the full career. Root. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a mark of a great actor is that they fade into the role. Like, you know, I've had that experience with Stephen Root so many times over the years. I'm like, holy shit, that's Stephen Root. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw his name in the credits and I thought like, oh, that, this is good. We're going to have Stephen Root because he's one of the actors I've discovered on the show. Oh, man. And when he did turn up, I, I said to myself, I think... He was unassuming. I think that's Stephen Root. But also in most of the films that we've done, he's been in an educational role. So yeah, he's been, an authoritative role. He's been around shorter people. So I just had an image in my head that like, oh, he's a bit taller, but he was never... Next to a guy that was like a 194 centimetres tall, so he looked very short. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And he was next to George Carlin, so he looked a little bit tall. So yeah. Well, that, he was sitting a lot too. So. That is true. They spend a lot of time at the bar. Uh, oh, those characters? Yeah, yeah. Because the movie doesn't really... There's like, what, two, no. three scenes at the bar? Yeah, but they spend a lot of time with each other. Yeah, the... Those characters, the uncles, so the two, the two, the two sorry, uncles. Sorry, those bands are not your uncles. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because Rachel's holding her hand to over her heart. <laughs> like those characters that I'm so familiar with. So They're a couple of weeks ago, I said to Bartek, "We're talking about Kevin Smith. You're not familiar with Kevin Smith. Rachel's not so familiar. I am. Hmm. I've seen. I would say most of his films. Uh, the only ones I haven't seen are two of his films that will be." covering this month oh cool so this one and uh zach and miri make a porno those are the only two oh well the one that i have seen <laughs> yeah exactly so 
So, uh, well, I didn't... That's the thing. Kevin Smith's such a chameleon in terms of his, his, his craft because when you see a Kevin Smith movie that's really something like uh, like uh, the Clerks movies or Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back or any of those kind of more stonery, comedy, nerdy movies like uh, Mallrats, Stan Lee literally turns up in the movie as himself. Mm. You know you're watching a Kevin Smith movie. But then when you watch something like... When you see the advertisements for something like Jersey Girl or, or, or Zack and Miri make a porno, you don't immediately go, oh, that's such a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, I actually had to ask you, like, wait, he directed that film? Because I saw it ages ago just on DVD at, like, my stepbrother's house. didn't think much of it. Since I haven't seen Zack and Miri make a porno, I can't truly be enlightened on whether or not it's really much of a Kevin Smithy type movie. I mean, mm. I just naturally assume it will be because it's a comedy but uh, something like this takes you left field. But then if you know Kevin Smith, he, he, he does interesting genre-bending work such as, you know, he did Chasing Amy, which was a real big critical darling, you know, mm. with Ben Affleck. and It's related to the backstory of this film. The backstory right? yeah. of this film. And then he does some genre-bending stuff into horror where he does stuff like Red State, which we'll be covering, and, uh, and, and, and something else like Tusk or something like that. And just an interesting, interesting filmmaker. Just quick note, this nurse, doc- this doctor, I should say, when we were watching it, I just went, I know her. I know this woman. She looks woman. familiar, yeah. And I said to Rachel, is she on Grey's Anatomy? Because she looks so familiar in this medical outfit. Looked her up, she's one of the main people in Law and & Order. Okay. And I'm like, of course. You know when you just see those actors that are just always there, but you never even really care for the thing they're in? Like, I don't care for Law & Order. Mm-hmm. But you, you you are familiar with it. Like, you just know their faces, but you may not necessarily go, oh, yeah, that's the guy from Law and Order. Or I, I probably don't think about what they were in, but the recognizing an actor, yeah. Oh, yeah, but... Like, like, I don't know I what mean, I would have seen her in, but she looks But that's familiar. what I mean. I looked her up. It's like, oh, it's Law and Order, of course. I've seen ads. I've seen some of it. Mm. You know, it's like, click, click. So, we're, we're back in J-Lo territory, Bartek. Yeah, we are. I, I didn't quite recognize her, actually. Yeah, she wasn't fucking a boy next door, so it's kind of hard to tell. Rachel, uh, Rachel, are you a big J-Lo fan? A big Jenny from the Block fan? I've seen a number of her earlier films. Like, I know her more as an actress than her music career. What films of J-Lo have you seen? Well, recently I rewatched Made in Manhattan. Of course, a classic. Which I also watched a lot as a kid because that was classic. another film that my mum had. Um, was she the maid or was she Manhattan? She, she was a maid. In Manhattan? In Manhattan. Was Paul Giamatti Manhattan? N- no, it's with Ralph Fiennes. Ah, uh, of course. And then I've also watched The Wedding Planner a lot. Is she The Wedding Planner? Yes. Oh, she is! I thought she was going to be the bride! No, no, she's the... the like, it was written as a vehicle for her. But what about Geely? The other Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez movie that poisoned the cinema so much that Kevin Smith and gang had to try and underplay how much J-Lo was in this movie so people would actually go see it. No, but the, no. I have not seen that. Well, that was their original plan, right? What? To underplay how much she was in it, right? Yeah, and the marketing, and that's what yeah. happened. So when well, no, 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 the people watched this movie, there were, it was a genuine revelation to what happens to her character. Well, that's... No, no, what I read was that that was their original plan, but then when they heard how much Geely flopped, they had to oh, right. make it obvious that she's not in it much so that people would see it. No, that's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Like, Geely flopped oh, okay. so bad that they had to underplay, hum, like, underplay her existence in this movie. 
want to get your opinion, guys. So Jason Biggs. Oh, just, Biggs. We're back on him again. Just stated, like, asked the question, can you say labia in a press release? That's a good question. And what do you think it's a yes or a no or it depends on the context? Well, I'm going to say a bit of context because maybe in today's press releases you can, but maybe not in uh, what year was this? 1996 was this set? It's set in 94 at this point. 94 at this yeah. point. Yeah. This point. So, so this Madonna. jumps around in times a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't mean... But you got Madonna has an edge to her. But you're forgetting, Rachel. You're saying this in retrospect where we live in this, this society. This the sex book. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, but the sex book was a big controversial thing. We're thinking of this in a retrospective sense of like in today's context, we can look back on this. But let's not forget how controversial Lady Gaga's sexuality was. And that was fucking piss in comparison to what Madonna was doing where she was literally yeah. selling books of pornography of herself. So think about how also the 90s was considered a PC era, which is kind of funny considering Can, we live in yeah. what is now considered an SJW PC nightmare oh, world. I have a random fact about labia. Well, I have to answer the question you... first. But... <laughs> oh, Bartek, answer the question. If the press release is about labia, then you have to use it. Exactly. If it's about labia, the movie, then it has to be used. Labia rinth. So, <laughs> Prince of Arabia. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is still true, but it used to be the case that if labia was shown in softcore porn, like the photo shoots, then it elevated it to hardcore porn, which X. meant yeah. that all of these mod- models were getting labioplasties yeah. so that their labias weren't showing in these photo shoots. Classy. Classy. There are a lot of things that like are like that, right? Like little yeah parts of the body. It's like oh that. Got to give it a nip R-rated. tuck there. Like how elbows. Be- how belly buttons were seen is so sexual that they weren't allowed on TV for so long. Yeah. Really? Oh. oh yeah, you gotta remember. I dream of Jeannie got big controversy for that but when you actually watch I Dream of Junior a lot of the time they're covering it with like a scarf or yeah like she or wears her pants. Her, the pants up so high so that it's just the midriff that's showing well, above the belly see, button sometimes you would see a belly yeah, button like but it then it would be like out, <gasps> but it wasn't like in her costume design that it was always oh, on yeah, display man, belly buttons controversial yeah because it was seen as like being connected to sex because you're born with an umbilical cord and it's a hole yeah and it's a hole man well is it a hole Oh, well, for some people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because people have Audis, Now, right? this is a goopy baby. I was saying to Rachel, they properly gooped up this baby. Like, in yeah, movies like when they, they give birth... they just splattered it. Well, no, it was just, it was they, just born, right? Yeah, but that's... In normal <laughs> movies, they don't goop babies like this. Yeah, like, this has proper the, chunky, yeah, bloody... They always goop, come out goop. clean. Not bloody, yeah. This baby is full gooped up. And Rachel complained last night. She goes, oh, they didn't goop its face. And then it cuts back to it's got goop all over its face. I'm like, don't It's on give... one temple. Well, that's the side where the goop all went no, to. It's not it... a temple, it's a hospital. The entire head passed <laughs> through the birth canal. Yeah, but they're holding it its head covered. with one hand. So their fingers are on the other side, Rachel. So give Kevin Smith more credit than that. Then the glove should be more glossy because... Rachel, are you really going to give Kevin Smith a hard time because he didn't think about the glossiness of a glove? He has kids. He should know Well, better. did he have kids at this point? I'm pretty sure I'm he I'm pretty did. sure he did, yeah. Well, he, yeah. isn't one of the big trivia points that this is based on his experiences with fatherhood? Yeah. Yeah. That and Ben Affleck wanted another Chasing Amy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you write it! <laughs> they, I think in the IMDb trivia it said that the newborn baby was played by um, twin boys, right? 
Yes, I do believe so. But when they were wiping, when they were cleaning it up, I, I didn't see a penis, so... I guess well, maybe it was a different baby for that. Maybe sure. maybe that didn't count as newborn. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's when when she's a couple of weeks old and getting her diaper changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very clearly a kill. Yeah. Here's the thing I appreciated about this movie. I said this a lot when watching it last night. Again, first time having to view this. I was taken aback by how they actually look like they got a newborn baby for when he takes it home. Like, how tiny that baby is. Like, you mm. don't usually see tiny babies in movies like this. I've Heck, seen an American Sniper. I was going to say, <laughs> you actually took it out of my mouth because I was going to say, <laughs> Oops, heck, sorry. even American Sniper couldn't do that because I had to use, like, a doll. Yeah, they did. And it was obvi- very obvious. <laughs> and I saw it on a plane, so the screen wasn't that big. But, like, uh, even Clint in this Eastwood. one when he's, like, getting the baby out of the car and carrying It's a real baby the by the looks of it. Yeah, like, it actually... Looks like it's an actual kid. They very rarely do that. do that. Like it's usually like when there's a static shot, maybe it's a real kid in the car seat, and then it'll just automatically yeah. change. Now Rachel's a big enthusiast of this movie, and a couple weeks ago, like I said, when we suggested that we're doing Kevin Smith movies, I said Jersey Girl. She got up out of the, the yeah. lounge and was like, you're doing Jersey Girl? I love that movie. That's like one of my favorite. Like, and she was like quoting it at us and she wanted to tell us spoilers and we're like, no, Rachel. Can I tell you one thing? One little thing? No, Rachel, no. <laughs> and she was just like giddy. And like all week this week, she's been like, can't wait to watch Jersey Girl. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. It's been so long, but you know, I- I'm pumped. And then when we were watching it, I have never had more of an entertaining experience watching a movie with an individual. You ended up watching me watching, more than the film. You know how people, so when they go... because you're missing out. <laughs> you didn't even realize that their last name was Trinky until this they scene. shot. Yeah. Hmm. Now, Bartek, you know how people are really enthusiastic about movies and they're like a whole culture? Like yeah. Rocky Horror? fans go oh, yeah, dress yeah. up throw things at the screen yeah those kind of fandoms you know interact with the movie mm-hmm. that was rachel last night by herself and i'm just <laughs> sitting there like what the hell's going on she knows every song in this movie and all the lyrics to each song that plays oh. not just the the, the lines of dialogue but like like she would be sitting there and, there and you know how the dialogue kind of fade out and there's like that little bit of science before music kicks in rachel would be like doing the music just as soon as the music. Like, she, she waits for the pause. She's like, she knows how many milliseconds of silence is. And then... Like, oh my God. To be fair, we're a few weeks off, but for this month's mystery box, Rachel was also singing along when we were watching it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's... If it makes you feel better, Ryan, you'd know the trailer song that was used in the trailer. Tell me. It was a little obscure number called Under Pressure. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. That classic uh, Vanilla Ice song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Bartek, you're a big fan of Bill and Ted, aren't you? I did watch them quite a lot, especially Bogus Journey. I think I've said on this podcast That's that my favourite, too. It and Dude, Where's My Car? I've seen a lot with my stepbrother. So, how did you feel seeing George Carlin in something else? Because I imagine you're not familiar with his stand-up comedy or much else of his work. I, I've watched a bit of his stand-up comedy in, like, oh, okay. 2015, just on YouTube. Just like, oh, related video, related video, related great, video. Great, great, great comic. And I'd heard a lot about him. Like, oh, you know, he was the greatest comedian of all time. And when he died, everyone at Upright Citizens Brigade or whatever group he was in yeah. was, like, really sad that day. Things like that. Yeah. 
Um, it, it definitely, I can definitely see how comedians these days, especially the ones that tell more edgy jokes, were inspired by him. And I did, I did, I did like a few of his things. I like how he, he very specifically specifies, I'm not an old guy, I'm an old fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so he's funny. When I was watching Bill and Ted, I wasn't really aware of who George Carlin was. It was only, like, in recent years where I heard, like, yeah. oh, Rufus was George Carlin, okay. But you like Rufus, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like other things in the films more, but he was good. What about the bit where the teacher unzips herself and she's just Rufus all along? <laughs> I need to rewatch those films, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think of George Carlin in this movie? Considering that he's mainly a stand-up comedian, mm. but we've seen him in... I've seen him in Bill and Ted and this. It shows what a versatility of an actor is. Because in Bill and yeah. Ted, he's a serious guy in that movie. Yeah, in yeah movies, he's like he's the, the mentor, one. basically. But in this one, he's allowed to have a bit more comedy in this. Mm. Though, like, he's actually allowed, but he's still at the heart of the movie. What did you think of him? I really did enjoy the fact that even though he was like a you know tight-ass kind of you know, old fuck, I guess we can say, mm. he did have a lot of heart. Like, he did genuinely love his granddaughter. He did genuinely care about, you know, his son, even though, you know, he's on his case a lot. And it's not treated like he's antagonistic, like in a, a drop-dead Fred parent kind of way. No. And in one of his last lines where he's like, oh, more than I want to die alone, I actually did feel that. Yeah. I thought he played it very well. And it was very funny when I read trivia on i don't think it was on imdb trivia that apparently when he was given the script for his character he was complaining about the fact that he didn't get to strangle any kids or something like that <laughs> that's george um quick question yeah did you have a favorite character in this movie because for me i was like i always like to play the game of who's bartek's favorite and i kind of was like you know, i think it's i think it's george carlin in recent years i haven't really been thinking about favorite characters but i think on you know trigger reaction i think i'd say george carlin he did really trigger well reaction rachel George Carlin is in the movie. You're familiar with Bill and Ted as well. You're a big mm-hmm. fan. When we were first dating, you were like, let's watch Bill and Ted. Yeah. And I was like, great. So what did you think about... Well, you've grown up with George Carlin being like this, I would say, more than in Bill and Ted. Yep. 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 <laughs> How do you feel? Do you like your George Carlin? Yeah. Is he I one of the standouts in this. in this movie for you? Who is your favorite in this movie? Um, My favorite is... The guy that's about to deliver the diapers. Oh, the one that talks about the vagina? Yeah. Yeah. That's your favourite character in this movie? Yeah. Even when you were a little kid? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Not my, my, my not what I would have thought. I thought Rachel was going to be like, oh, I love Liv Tyler. I find Liv Tyler really cringy. Cause, like, that's Liv Tyler for you. Have you watched Empire Records? The answer is yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was in that. Uh, Liv Tyler. Yeah, I don't really remember the, the actors too much. Girl. She was the main girl. Oh, the Corey? love interest. Yeah. The one that was didn't want to suck off. Uh... Yeah, that's oh, Liv yeah. Tyler. Right. You're um, right. It is because you're learning in this. Yeah. Since I was watching it when I was a young girl, and Liv Tyler just is so outrageously herself and so confident. <laughs> like she's writing a thesis allegedly on porn. <laughs> allegedly, we never see that thesis. <laughs> No, but, that is true, but yeah. they put her in glasses for that one scene so that she <laughs> looks studious because she's reading a book. <laughs> um, so like, I didn't like her as much because like, it kind of scared me how forward she was, especially when she's just like, we're going to go fuck now, and just tries to drag him out of the diner. 
Yeah, I understand. Liv Tyler. Well, for she me, was going to get consent later. For me, my favorite character, of course, but was. But she declares Steve that it's just two consenting adults before he's <laughs> consented. Well, that's Liv Tyler for you. Her dad is his Steve Tyler. Well, you're forgetting the fact that uh, he's a man. I mean, and he's, and he's also, getting and a girl wants to have sex with him, and he's also Ben Affleck. <laughs> I mean, look at him in this scene. There's I mean, literally a song called "I'm Fucking Ben Affleck." Yeah, and look at him in this scene. I mean, I think women are just having orgasms right now from just that image alone of him drinking. I remember Under Pressure in was playing black. in this shot. All black. He looks like a gangster. Uh, uh, now, my favorite character was Stephen Root's character. I like. Oh, why? Steve- what did he do? Uh, uh, that's a surprise. I mean, you know, really? Yeah. You, you, you joking? always love Stephen Root. <laughs> I don't know, I just found his character real sweet and kind of funny, and you like his banter it. with Mike Starr's character was really great, and I kind of just liked how much he was keen on helping yeah. create the sets and do the makeup for the little girl's show at the end. You and... also really enjoyed it when they made fun of him for being a bit dumb. Yeah. Like, the callback at the end when I was like, he's cutting the rug. Yeah, yeah, that was cute. Uh, and it's Stephen Root, and on this show we've seen him play more absurd characters yeah. or villainous characters or kind of more like, you know, not straight up villain, but more kind of antagonistic type of people. And in this movie he's like a sweetheart, and we haven't actually seen him be a sweetheart in any of these movies mm. we've had him on yeah. yet. Because the closest I could say is Sabrina, a movie like Sabrina, the uh, not Sabrina, ugh, Buffy, Buffy, yeah. different witch, Ryan. On Buffy, when he gave detention slips to dead corpses, yeah, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Well, Ryan, at the end of Over Her Dead Body, he went to heaven. He did go. So they were telling us he's sort of angelic. Yeah. <laughs> See, look, this looks like a real baby in this shot, and good on them. Like the overshot. It doesn't look like, like a doll. Does, which means... It doesn't, sk- it doesn't skimp out. Which means that, yeah, Ben Affleck had to really be careful. Now, Bartok... And I think this was before he actually had kids. Well, yeah, because... Because this is when he was still with J-Lo and not with Jennifer Garner. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they were married before they had kids. Oh, he likes Jennifer's, huh? He does. Mm-hmm. He No, he, he likes Jenny's from the block. <laughs> I imagine Jennifer Garner's from the block too. They're both from the same block. And he's my favorite character. Here he is, and he, he is a one scene wonder, isn't he? Yep. He looks a little bit like Corey Feldman. <laughs> I think he's got like the eyes of uh, Woody Harrelson, kind of. And also, that does look like genuine baby poop. Well, I think Kevin Smith's an auteur filmmaker who's all about realism. So they were like, let's give him a shit baby in this scene. And let's and get a watch. real guy in this shot. Yeah. I really hope that they somebody did clean up no. her, her vulva, because otherwise it can cause infections. No, it's called, what did they call it? Crotch rot? Yeah, because yeah. he, he refers to it as her crevice. Crevice. I did like the little touch of Jason Biggs being like, hey, should, it, should we get him back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, yes, Ben Affleck has no idea how to be a dad. He needs to actually learn how to do this. And you don't really get the feeling that Pop will actually teach him anything. No. Like, later on, he's just like, put the kid to bed, and he doesn't even know how to give the kid a bottle. Yeah, because he's useless. Like, he... Like, that could cause some serious damage because she drinks a little bit and gurgles it most most of it up, but he doesn't burp her. Oh, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. And that's really bad for babies. Hear that, Kevin? You need to teach Ben Affleck how to be a good dad. By the way, Stephen Root and Jason Biggs, both of them on Unappreciated Masterpieces debuted in the same film, right? Yeah, Over Her Dead Body, that's yeah. correct. Here's my thing. Biggest complaint of the movie for me... 
Gonna say this straight off the bat, not enough Jason Biggs. You introduce the Biggs and you're small on it. I mean, I was just so annoyed. And my favorite trivia fact is Jason Biggs is like the only cast member that's actually from New Jersey, yet all of his scenes are from oh, New York. Oh, that's your favorite trivia point? Yeah, it was. Did you have a favorite one? There was one that I liked so much I wanted to share it on Facebook, but then <laughs> when I clicked the share button, it made tried to make me share the whole trivia page. What was it? It was the very last non-spoiler one. Hit us. It was... <laughs> and it was one. clearly someone who thought they were very clever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just that's a doll. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a real baby. See, it's got a face. It had a hat. You wouldn't put a hat on a doll. No, that that shot. I no, mean. that's a real baby, Rachel. Just well, that, was, that was an elf. So. so you were saying your favorite trivia fact of the movie? It was that. Uh, no, I was right. It was that Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler both have the same amount of letters in their first name. Yeah. And also, Liv Tyler and Kevin Smith have the same amount of letters in their last name. Yeah, what trivia point was that supposed to be? <laughs> IMDb's reaching. It's truly trivial. You know what my favourite part about that is? I looked it up and I was like, oh, but surely her name's Olivia. But I looked it up on Wikipedia. Apparently her real name actually is Liv. Well, her dad is Stephen, Steve Tyler, so but, I imagine he but, was just like cut uh, to the chest. But it doesn't... doesn't... It just break your heart to see Jason Biggs crying like this? It does. I'm real sad for Jason. I'm almost as sad as when he pretends to be gay to get a girlfriend and over her dead body for years, for years, for years, for well, years. yeah, for years, for years. Yeah. But I, but it does, what I was saying about the true point, it doesn't take into the fact that Ben's real name is Benjamin. No, it doesn't. Or Benji, who knows? And just to get this out of the way, Roger Ebert's review of this—he loved it. Three and a half out of four stars. Good on you. He really liked it, and you know what? He's his on, review. He's on my level. His review wasn't even like tangential, like his other ones that I've read. It was, where he's like, in this movie, Kevin Smith, a filmmaker known for other movies, has made a movie that is called Jersey Girl, which stars Ben Affleck, who is another. That's always his review. No, no, no his review. He'll be like, Jersey Girl. I've met some girls from Jersey. <laughs> I've also met girls from other places, but they're a bit different from the ones from Jersey or something like that. <laughs> like he takes one point and goes on tangents. Yeah. One time I met Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He was a nice man. He gave me food. Yeah. Now I give this movie three stars. I think literally yesterday I was re-listening to our Pootie Tang episode where I read out his review. It's still funny. So, yeah, this movie's got an interesting... So let's actually talk about the the, 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 the plot of this, yes. of this movie. Bartek, I want to hear your interpretation of, of this plot. Because Rachel's really familiar with it. She could quote it like Shakespeare. But I want to hear it from you, someone who is not at all familiar with Kevin Smith's films and uh, hmm. this type of film. I, I, I imagine you're not one who partakes in these types of movies in general. I, well, I do know that this is a sort of dark horse in his filmography because the it, ugly it, duckling, yeah. As, as some, and I'll be, I'll be honest. Most of the IMDb reviews that I saw were largely, largely positive, but all the ones that were negative, the few that I found were. Um, from Kevin Smith fans? Kevin Smith fans basically saying, like, you know, he's sold out, he's a typical Hollywood machine bowing down to the system kind of comments. But there are a lot of Kevin Smith fans who genuinely love this too. Yep. Um, but basically, the beginning part of the plot, which we are almost done with, is, uh, you know, the 1994 segment where uh, Ben Affleck and his wife, uh, played by J-Lo, her name was Gret. Greg. Gertrude. Gertrude, because that's the name of the daughter. Yes, that's right. Gertie. Gertie, yeah. When they first said Gertie, I'm like, isn't that a guy's name? But it was short for Gertrude. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so, you know, they, they got married, you know, they were different, but they were getting along, they had a baby, but the wife died, you know, right after childbirth. Yeah, aneurysm. Aneurysm. Possibly. And then we get this kind of brief sequence where Ben Affleck just doesn't know how to deal with it, and he pushes it onto his father, played by George Carlin. I think his name's Bart, Mm -hmm. dad's name. Uh, and it basically leads through a sequence where he's... Prioritizing his job over his daughter, which is music PR, music PR, and it just it, something has to happen there. He makes a bad statement at a press conference, insulting is, Will Smith. And when the, Will and Smith the, was a nobody, yeah, when he was when he was when just, he was a just fresh the Fresh Prince, prince from and, the he, TV and show. that year, that year Independence Day was going to come out. That's what they said. In a, oh, in yes, a yes, couple sorry. months' time, his Later new in the movie f- Independence yeah. Day will come out. Later in the film, they're talking about the robot films coming next. Um, yeah, so he loses his job there, and that's kind of like the humbling point for him, where mm. he realises, well, I have to make something of my life, and he turns his attention to his daughter, and we're about to get a you know cut to seven years into the future, which is the present of the film. And the film from there will be about you know experiences in fatherhood, basically. Yeah. But also, you know... Conflicts relating to the past coming back and having to, you know, battle what he wanted in the past versus what he wanted in the present and, you know... What's what, right for the future. What's right for the future. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, very poignant. Yeah. As, as Ben Affleck is crying his eyes out. This is a poignant monologue. This here is what I call an audition monologue. When you're auditioning for something, they'll give you a monologue from the script, most likely. This was it for Ben Affleck's... To perform? No, but he'd signed on before the script was written. Oh, I, I understand that. I'm just saying in terms of how the industry works in other ways, like this is what you would call an audition monologue. Like, yeah, you get to read this. Because also, Rachel, they did audition other actors for this role as well because Ben Affleck was busy doing Daredevil. Um, I don't think The they greatest really film. I think that was just the ploy I do. by Kevin Smith because at the point where Ben Affleck turned around and said okay I'll do it for less money like, if okay. you do this in the summer I I think Kevin Smith was just waiting but do you think this should have won an Oscar for best performance by a newborn baby <laughs> you know I think the I think the youngest winner is like six years old we could have gone who was that I think it was Shirley Temple, but it, oh, of course it might have yeah. been it might have been an honorary Oscar though. Did what's his name from um that Charlie? No, no, no. It was before the Oscars. Mm. That Charlie, what's that? The the Charlie Chaplin film, The Kid. Yeah. Who's the, the kid? That's the kid who grew up to be Uncle Fester in the Adams yeah. family. Which film was this? So Charlie Chaplin had a very iconic silent film called The Kid. Oh, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And the little kid's great in it. And the little kid eventually grew up to be the Uncle Fester character from the 1960s Adams Family TV show. Mm-hmm. And he has a whole thing in which there's a whole child act Hollywood law named after him because his parents ripped him off. Like, his oh, parents okay. took all of his money and pissed it away, basically, yeah. and he was left with nothing. Yeah. So, so now to never have, have to... that happen again. Yeah, they... you put it in a tr- trust and you get yeah. a certain proportion of it yeah so parents can only spend a certain amount of the child's earnings kind of thing so that's why Mm. people like macaulay culkin can still have money after 
all this stuff, okay. right? I feel so, like that's still mm-hmm. like a heard of thing, though. If, like, oh parents yeah, taking the money. So. Parents still rip them off, but like oh, they yeah. can't do it as much as they used no, to be they, able okay. to so they back in the day. It. Yeah, like they can't take them for everything. I, yeah, I couldn't were. remember if he won an Oscar, or, but then I remembered it was probably before the Oscars existed because yeah. it was like a nineteen twenties film. <laughs> Yeah, Oscars were like what mid twenties it started, or was it twenty seven? Late twenties, that's yeah. all. But especially because it was more they Just came bad. around when mm. films were starting to get a bit longer. Mm. Now Bartek. Oh, to answer your question though, it, this was definitely snubbed. It should have at least gotten a nomination. Yeah, exactly. I agree. For, like you know, this is like Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler should have got nominated, but like you know, should have won. I think should have yeah. won. <laughs> well, I'm saying, well, yeah, yeah, well yeah. obviously this should have won for best lead actor. We're on the same page. Yeah, See, I, I think the supporting cast also deserves some attention. Yeah, Stephen Root. I agree. He should. He should have got some some nods. Like, you know, he should just it. get nods in general. He's in it for at least seven minutes, so you know that breaks the. Yeah. So Bartek, you didn't talk about the important thing of this movie. Do you think she got an A plus in her report? That's the framing mechanism. Finished. Framing mechanism of the it first twenty finished. minutes of the movie. She what, was still writing it. What was, the, what was the report again? She's telling us the story the, at the beginning. Oh yes, of course. The, about family. Did the film end with her finishing that thing? No, or? no, no, no. It's just ended right now. Like, that's yeah. her coming out of class of her just finishing it right now. Oh, right. My mistake. I know. It's okay. So so you think definitely A+, because that was inception level of crazy <laughs> for your brain right now. You're like, listen, whoa, of course. Listen, Kevin Smith, I, it's just, like, I said earlier... I said earlier that this film should have been nominated for all the Oscars. I would like to point out to everyone that there is no... You know, Academy Award for Best Framing Device. Now, I will say this. The look on Vardik's face of revelation of me being like, no, no, she's just finished now. She's just walking out from it. I can imagine Vardik, when he gets home, re-watching this, getting a cork board, a bunch of pictures of timelines and some string and... Ding, ding. Of course, here's the timeline of Jersey Girl. In this year, Will Smith's career was at this point. <laughs> like, just... Just doing it all, it's like Inception. I, I guess in my in my head, I just imagined, like, you know, the whole story of this film would make for a great report, and I just, like, you know, fan-edited in my head, like, oh, this whole film is the report, and, you know, because it's so great. Now, I get snarky sometimes when I do watch Unappreciate Masterpieces just because it's, when I'm watching it, I like to just chuck you out a joke. help it, yeah. Chuck out a joke when I'm watching it with Rachel. When it said seven years and she's getting on the car and he's all, like, we see he's become what his dad has become, and he's become a good dad. I just said, you know, this could be the end of the movie. Like, like <laughs> that the first, you know, like 15, 20 minutes, half an hour section Third of the film, yeah, could have been a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you just accepted. And I said bit. The, that bit at the end was, and I just said that seven years bit. That's the movie that we didn't get to see. Like, that's the 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 second act that we never got to see. Mm. But then it does follow through, of course. He I'd, learns I'd imagine... about what fatherhood really is because even though he's been a good father these last seven years, it's still costing him personally and he's on a level of autopilot and uh, and he's got to kind of overcome that still and learn to have relationships with other people like Liv Tyler, his own father, his father's friends, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, his daughter, yeah. who is the Jersey girl. Isn't that right? Is she the Jersey girl? She is good. It could be Liv Tyler. Could be Liv. No, she's not from Jersey. Exactly. Ah, there you go. Yeah, she wants to be a Jersey girl. She wants to stay in Jersey. It, it could be the lady who was making the announcement at the musical. 
The the teacher? Yeah. The one who was her teacher at the beginning of the movie? Yeah. Okay. Can I just point out a nice little subtle thing that they've done? Is it the thing that you pointed out last night during the scene, which was, Ryan, look how fit Ben Affleck is. That's all she kept saying when we were watching this scene. No. Were you taking notes, Ryan? I was mentally taking notes because I just stopped taking them and was just watching Rachel do her one-woman show of this. There were points where she was crying and nothing was happening that warranted tears and she just said, no, 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 in a few scenes' time there's going to be a real sad thing and I'm getting sad right now about it so that when I watch it, I can power through it. That was her last (laughs) night. No, it's just that he's wearing an old T-shirt that is clearly for a PR job that he did before that she was born. And it's just showing the complete flip of his style. Yeah. But he's still hanging on to who he used to be because he's still wanting to hang on to that shirt that was from a job that he did. That's emotional stuff. Yeah, it kind of ties into what we were saying before about how, you know, he's living in the present, looking to the future, but still kind of stuck in the past. Yeah, it's a typical male problem, you know? I mean, it's one of those things. What I like about this movie, having not seen it before uh, until yesterday, was there was genuine twists in this that I didn't see coming. Like, I, 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 I didn't fully realise how the J-Lo storyline was going to go. Mm. I was genuinely uh, surprised and happy with the relationship of Liv Tyler's character to his character and how they didn't force it to be a proper, this is now a romance movie. Because when you look it up on IMDb, it says comedy, drama, romance. Mm. It's not really a comedy. It is a drama. Not really romance, but kinda. Elements of romance. Oh, yeah. here he is. Jason Lee is in the scene. And Matt Damon. Oh, and Matt Damon too, I guess, yeah. Some demon. Matt Damon. Is this where the Matt Damon Ben Affleck memes really started? Because look I how feel, dreamy Matt Damon is I towards Ben Affleck. I feel really bad for him in this scene because... Who, it's Matt like Damon? The entire, he discovers that the entire reason that he's been brought into this interview... Was to be laughed at, basically. Is for a money for bet. a bet. Between these two douchebags who at least straight up tell him that he's never going to get a job at this company. They, they just think that it's so ridiculous that he thought that he might actually get a job. You know, I do love the fact that it is Matt Damon, though. Yeah, it's great. Do you like the fact that he was the one that didn't think it was going to be him? Yeah. That he lost the bet? Yeah, I do. Matt Damon, Matt Damon looks like a winner, but in this movie, he's a loser. That's the not the real, so fantastic. That's another twist. He's a loser. He's only in that's one scene. Twi- he's only one scene wonder, but he, he's a he's a twisty machine in this. Now Bartek, you're not as familiar with Kevin Smith's work, but the other movie you have seen is Zack and Miriam make a porno, which we will be covering next next episode. But I don't want to get too much into that. It's okay. I but, don't remember too much. But do you do you at least remember how how tonally different that movie is in comparison to this movie? Oh, for sure, yeah. And did it kind of, in your brain, even though you may not be as familiar with Zack and Miri, you make a porno as you could be, did it still make you have like a kind of whiplash reaction to just how different these two movies are? I don't know, Ryan. Both had poo. They did? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, poo, poo. Poo? Yep, he got it. Is there poo in a lot of his more typical films? Well, he did say in one of his interviews the reason why he likes being a director as well as a writer is so he can keep all of his shit and dick jokes in. <laughs> that would usually be cut out. Physical uh, shit and dick jokes? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But uh, I find it interesting, his career, because, you know, before this you know, this stuff, he started out in the indie circuit, you know, mm. doing these black and white, you know, black and white movies or, 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 you know, movies dealing with pop culture or religion. Dogma's a big movie of his that mm. people really do like. I like it, too. Well, that movie had some A-listers at the time, like Alan Rickman and Chris, Chris Rock and so on and so forth. And even Salma Hayek was in it. And, and, you know, he's doing all... And that was a weird movie and funny and odd. And he does something like Jay and Silent Bob, which is really meta and stoner comedy and has a monkey in it and, like, all this stuff. And then he does something like Chasing Amy, which is, like, this really, you know, interesting idea. And it may not... For me, Chasing Amy doesn't hold up as well. It's kind of aged a bit. But the fact is, it kind of was a progressive step in kind of exploring mm. sexuality and identity. Yeah, when you were telling me about it, it sounded really good. It is. Does it have poo? I can't remember. But okay. uh, the biggest complaint people have with Chasing Amy is Amy herself, the actress, is really screechy. Okay. Um... You'll see if you ever watch it. But uh, then you do get something like Jersey Girl, which is, he said, like the only movie his mum liked. Yep. <laughs> and you can see why. This is a crowd pleaser. And like Kevin Smith fans might have said, this is him selling out. I don't think it's a full selling out kind of thing because he's not making some action. I don't know. It, well, doesn't evidently, feel like, it feels like there's a heart to this. Evidently, even though online it says that a lot of Kevin Smith fans were disappointed, I... On YouTube and IMDb, people were really into it. Yeah. I, I think, think one of the videos that I watched, because um, you told me, you know, look up some stuff about it, was him on uh, Jay Leno talk. And Jay Leno really liked the movie as well. That, yeah. That's a man there who, you know, isn't, you know, falling in line with what the critics think. He's thinking for himself. Money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I did like the touch of that she picked a Will Smith film. The Will Smith film yeah. as well. <laughs> Men in Black, his biggest film, I would say, at this point, right? Would you say that? Or Independence uh, Day. Which one do you think is the quintessential... I would say Men in Black because he's actually in Men in Black more and he's mm. the main character while in Independence Day is kind of spread between everyone. I've Well, I've actually seen Men in Black, so I'd want to say that, but and don't, didn't a lot of people think Independence Day was kind of disappointing? No, everyone loved Independence Day. I'm one of those people who think it's dumb as dishwater, and people are like it is dumb, but it's still fun. I'm like, eh. I could have sworn that it was that it was like the film that like had a, you know, really provocative trailer. Like, oh, it's just a nah. White House being blown up, and then they saw it. Now nah, you're wasn't... thinking of Godzilla, <laughs> the other Roland Emmerich movie. Independence Day, huge success, big box office. Uh, people loved it. Critics loved it. Audiences loved it. It's still considered one of the great sci-fi disaster movies. Godzilla had a great marketing campaign, and then people saw it. Because that's a movie he followed up with Roland Emmerich. Maybe I was listening to someone say that who didn't like it. Isn't it it weird how marketing works? Because me, as a 25-year-old man, I can still remember the marketing campaign on TV for Godzilla. (laughs) Just, just my brain, I can still remember ads for that movie and then seeing the movie even as a small kid. I'm like, this movie's boring and lame. And then little did I know that they would make another Godzilla movie that was even more boring. 
I never thought that a movie could be... The 2014 one. Yeah, I'm, I'm complaining yeah. about that movie. Yeah, that movie sucks. Um, How dare you? Yeah, that's the last film that I saw at the Chadson Cinema before its big renovations. So what a big disappointment yeah. that must have been. You're like, re- oh, 15 minutes of good Brian Cranston material really, and then nothing for like I two hours. I have a lot of fond memories of that cinema and yeah, that's the end of chapter of it. As do Rachel and I. We, we went on one of our first dates to Cinema to See Blues Brothers, but not Jersey Girl. Rachel Apps. Jersey Girl is an emotional movie for you and for many people. What is one of the scenes or moments in this movie that tugs at your emotional heartstrings the most and why? Is it the when he gets the gay porno? You mean this scene? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it is very cringy when like this moment is happening where the daughter's like, my mom's dead. And she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I stuck my Well, she doesn't say it like that. No. Oh, shit, I'm so sorry. Kind of thing. (laughs) Rachel's quoting this scene right here. The the, the videotape. Is this a real thing? I hope so. But Rachel, you didn't answer my question. Yeah. Emotional scene. Tugs Um, at your heartstrings. When he's running to the concert. Really? Yeah, you didn't react that emotionally last night. You said there must have been an easier way to get there. Yeah, but just the fact that he's not he's not thinking clearly enough to go, oh, I can drive around this way to get to Gertie's school. It's just I have to get there as fast as I can, so I'm just going to abandon my car and run for it. And, like, you know, maybe he considered that, you know, he w- would have to think of parking if he got there. Yeah. I really liked, you know, the the very quick decision. Like, it wasn't something he had to mull over. It was like, I'm just going to run. I do like at the end when he has to run to the school that it was a great payoff to something I didn't know was going to be a setup, which was the fact that the reason he couldn't get to school was the road had construction on it because of him. Yeah. He he shot himself in the foot. He was so happy to get it put through, and then it fucked him over. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That was a great little touch. I didn't expect that to be something that would kind of pay off. He should have done like a like a Lou Bloom kind of. Ah, I did this. uh, Yeah, I get it. Yeah, if this character was played by Jake John. (laughs) Now let's talk about um, the emotional aspects for me. I found it quite emotional when he was giving that monologue and tearing up and, uh, you know, it did tug at my heartstrings when him and his daughter had their yelling match at one another. It was yeah, quite... It was... And just seeing George Carlin's reaction, but also Stephen Root had a reaction and Mike Starr, like, those three characters, those three manly men characters. Yeah, or... for as much as they're built up as being like, they're not your uncles, they're just weirdos. And but... I found it interesting for no. me personally in that scene... Maybe because I'm more attached to those three actors than I am Liv Tyler, but I found Liv Tyler's character didn't emotionally react as strongly as those three men mm. in that scene. But uh, I think that's fair enough. She's still I a stranger felt, in the situation. I felt like, yeah, she's... She, I'm not saying that she's a bad character, but I feel like she's more of a deconstruction of like a love interest kind of character. Yeah, yeah. What, what tugged at your heartstrings, Bartek? I mean, I... I as a general rule, I have a real soft spot for single parenthood stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, from the get-go, this film kind of had me there. Uh, but, you know, all the things we've been talking about, like, you know, the monologue, the, that that match where they were getting angry at each other, to the cute moments where, like, we are on a date and things like that. You mm. know, I, I just think overall this movie was very sweet. 
I can definitely see some people thinking like, oh, you know, it's a bit too sweet, but you know, you gotta have the stronger moments of sweetness with the more bitter moments in these kind of films. Now, this film has been labelled, like I said a moment ago, as a comedy. Personally, I didn't think of it as a comedy first. I think of that as a secondary or third thing. Yeah, but were there, of, yeah. were, were, was there any comedic moment that stood out to you as well? For me, I do love the fact that this pays off, like the Sweeney Todd thing. I love that every kid at school did Cats and the same <laughs> song of Cats. Memory and then the teacher cats. was like, oh, thank God, it's over. <laughs> that was probably my favorite comedic moment of the movie for a film, outside of every Stephen Root moment ever. For a film that like just used bits of you know comedy, because like I said, just bits of comedy, I think that it did them really well. Like when she's like, oh, this must be a religious hymn or, <laughs> or, or like the, you know, the... Running joke of the toilet needing to be flushed, if we yeah. can call that a running joke. Well, it's a setup and a payoff. I think if, if we call them not so much the characterization, but the use of comic relief, mm. I think just worked really well. Yeah. Normally people talk about, like, oh, you know, this is the 22 Jump Street is the best comedy ever. This might be the best comic relief ever. Yeah. That's true. I mean, the, because the it is comedy relief. aspects do relieve the tension very well in this movie without completely releasing it. Uh, like, you know, like, one of the big things I always have a complaint about uh, in comedy movies, and, and, and uh, I don't know if Kevin Smith has gone on record saying this, but he's very adamant on this, is I don't care for just improvised comedy all the time. Yeah. And the reason is it kind of ruins structuring and character arcs and pacing and stuff like that, where, like, comedy is always just releasing any dramatic thing. And uh, even though you say comedy movies don't need that, yeah, they do a good portion of the time. Not every comedy movie, but a good movie with a story. Like, heck, even something like Spaceballs has dramatic tension in there. It's stupid, but it still matters. But in something like your, your your Will Ferrell movies, where then or your Adam Sandler movies or whatever, I hate in those movies when all they do, their characters are nothing but assholes and pricks and dicks to one another. Then at the end of the movie, they decide, no, 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 this is all emotional now. It feels so fake and so unearned. But in a Kevin Smith movie, he is very much of a we stick to the script. We follow the lines of dialogue. Some improvisation, but this isn't an improvisation show. Apparently, we'll get into it in our next episode, but I think him and Seth Rogen clash some heads on that kind of stuff because Seth Rogen's a very improvising guy. But that's what I liked about this movie. It's a more dramatic touch, but the comedy aspects kind of help release things, you know? Mm. Rachel... Do you have any moments that stick out for you, especially ones from your childhood? Are there ones from your childhood that are still funny to you now? Um, there's so many little moments, but I can't think of any that really stick out because there's often one moment in each scene that is the relief. But last night I did really enjoy the part that's coming up with Liv Tyler just grabbing his hand and taking him out. <laughs> and he's just like, what? Now, a bit of context. Rachel was quoting this scene too, but she left the spaces for Ben Affleck to talk, so she was Liv Tyler. Right. In every other scene, she was quoting everyone. This scene, she was like, no, I'm Liv Tyler. It was and too fast-paced for me to and do I, And I don't know if she wanted me to be Ben Affleck <laughs> no. or something. Like, I, Rachel, I haven't seen this movie before, oh, no. but I, I, I hope I'm not Ben Affleck. 
in this scene. I want to be that old lady behind Liv Tyler with the glasses. So do you think the fact that Rachel didn't say lines like, okay, I'm going to go home now, really took away from that experience, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Rachel, next time you have to do better in your recounting of lines, I guess. Now, this movie has a lot of returning stars for us. I mean, we've got Liv Tyler, who you didn't even know was a returning one for us. It's great. I remember her character's name and what she did, but I didn't remember the actress. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but you didn't, yeah, you didn't, when you saw her in this, you didn't click in your brain and went, oh, that's the chick from Empire Records. No, I didn't. Interesting, interesting. I can def- I can see it now, for sure. Yeah, it's hitting you in the face. You're yeah. like, oh, boy. We've got Liv Tyler, we've got Steven Root, we have Jennifer Lopez. Mike Starr. Mike Starr. Yeah, quite a few. Will Smith. <coughs> Will Smith's in this? Y- apparently. Wow, He's sure. mentioned a lot. Jason Biggs, of course. Oh, Let's yes. not forget the Big C. I already pointed him out, but I forgot, yeah. Let's not forget him. He's, he's, he doesn't like being forgotten, Jason Biggs. That's his biggest crime. He, he often performs crimes of hatred when he's forgotten. He's like, how dare you? Was and he the one that I was like, you know, he's one of those guys that gets typecast as Jewish characters, but he's not Jewish? I think you said that, and I've just yeah. never confirmed if you were right or wrong on this. I think I looked it up for that episode, the Over Her Dead Body, and yeah, that was a thing. I just he always join, see him as a, as a dweeb. He can join with Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. Now we got to talk about the, the 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 Affleck himself, a very big figure, you know, a big very heartthrob tall. actor. He is tall, a heartthrob actor of the '90s and 2000s. For me personally, I'll be 100% honest with those listening people out there. I am not so familiar with Ben Affleck's acting roles. I've seen him in the other Kevin Smith movies. Later on, I saw... The thing that really resurged it for me was Gone Girl. Mm. I have, of course, seen Daredevil, but, like, I haven't seen the things that would you would say make him the big Ben Affleck star. I don't know. I haven't seen many of his things. But when Gone Girl happened, it made me more interested in seeing his stuff again. Mm. Like, I went back and saw Argo, went and watched his directorial stuff which people really praise but for me Gone Girl kicked him off in my interest as an actor because I really loved he was my favourite part of Gone Girl everyone loves Rosamund Pike but I really liked him in it I thought he really held his own pretty much the same for me too Um, it's a name that I heard more than I'd seen him in which if you listen to this show a lot happens a lot yeah Um, but I, I even remember like before Batman and Superman came out when it was announced that he was playing Batman, there are a lot of people, and my friends included, who are like, oh no, they're getting Ben Affleck to play Batman, and my reaction was basically, isn't he a good actor? Why are you guys complaining? And they kind of like got awkward, like, oh, yeah. I I guess guess, he is now. I I guess he is a good actor. Shit, but it's because he played Daredevil, that's why. Yeah, I I haven't seen. Daredevil, oh boy, I've, I've heard. Haven't lived. I've heard well, he isn't Batman it. anymore. Announced the other day that he's he's now no longer going to be Batman. Mm. Who would have guessed? Rachel, you were swooning over Ben Affleck during all mm-hmm. of this movie. I even asked you at one point, do you think he's handsome? And you, you said sad, hot. Oh, hot, and you sadly said yes. Like she she was fighting saying yes. Like she didn't want to admit to me that the answer was yes. This ripped guy is. If out. you said handsome, I would have said yes straight away. Is he hot though? Well, he's in a shower. He's right. about to get hot because they're flushing the toilet. She's about to get hot in particular. Pointing at her yeah, he'll fucking get, head. He'll get the not residue, the splash of it. Uh, residue no, works. It's more on her. She screams the longest. See, uh, it's on what? her back. It's on her head. Too. Hey, this isn't a this isn't yeah. a pissing contest for who's more hot. I'm just saying he gets hot. <laughs> 
how we're saying she gets hotter. I'm so, saying that he's hot. But uh, Ben Affleck, you seen many of his films? Um, you are. I have Fleck not fan? watched Daredevil, Ooh. but I think I've seen a few. But here and there, and I'm not like this has Ben Affleck in that I need to watch it. That's true, I guess. Now, this is a great comedic scene where mm. this is a parallel to I'll, the I'll scene with the, him talking to her. The trailer, it showed, you know, earlier on the trailer, it showed the what are your intentions with my daughter. And the trailer ended with this what is your intention with my father thing. I feel like that could have been left out because it kind of ruins the, mm. you know, showing yeah. the like, the way that, The way, not having watched the trailer, but I can imagine that you could cut this trailer to look like one of those movies in which kids have a problem with the parent dating someone movie. Mm. Do you know what I mean by I that? I know what you mean. I don't know if that's... I'm not saying that the trailer... Though, but I'm saying yeah. you could cut this movie to look like that's the storyline of this movie. Is like the daughter's having a problem with Liv Tyler. I would also watch it'd that have movie. To, it'd have to be some very heavy cutting, but yeah. Mm. Not... Really? Because she doesn't really have problems with Liv Tyler. No, so no, no. But to, you like, could easily that... cut this movie or like, the to, scenes to... where she's arguing with Ben Affleck to kind of cut it to make it look like it's all from Liv... Because of Liv Tyler. What's Liv Tyler's character's name again? Uh, Liv Tyler. No, no, her character. She uh, is a character. Maya. Maya. So you can, like... <laughs> Rachel's can... so annoyed at us. <laughs> She's giving us such a big frown. Rachel is even more passionate about this than she is 13 going on have 30. We, have we even... And she said that was one of her favourites. To be honest, have we referred to any character by their name apart from Trinky? Uh, excuse me, his name's Ollie because he's named after the Green Arrow. You because to Pop by his first name. I but... mentioned it, but that's something I just read about. I, uh, oh. But what I was saying was, uh, you can edit like the scene where she's saying, "I hate you." You can edit it, like, "I hate Maya." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, by that logic, you can also cut the trailer. I hate to trailer with cats story. instead. Maybe that's already a YouTube video. There is a YouTube channel that makes cat versions of movie trailers. Like they just shove cats in there. I'll subscribe. It's called Cat Trailers. I'm pretty sure. Um, no, I, I, you know, this movie had a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of emotional poignancy. Being someone who knows more about Kevin Smith's repertoire and his kind of, you know, what he perceive, what he, you know, his persona, what he puts mm. on, it was interesting to see this movie because I it does have a big big reputation, you know, as that movie like the worst Kevin Smith movie there is, the one that is the turning point in his career from good to bad because that's kind of why we're covering. We're covering for this month, we're not covering the movie directly after this because that's Clerks 2, which is a very popular movie, has a high rating, people like it because it's a follow-up to Clerks. And, um, you know, uh, it's a follow-up to Clerks. And But after that, he follows it up with Zack and Miri make a porno, which I, I barely anyone ever talks about. It I seemed remember. like it did moderately okay. It kind of helped launch Seth Rogen in a direction because it's one of the first leading roles of his. I, I can remember think of. there was um there was a big billboard for it in Dandenong. Yeah, but it's Dandenong, so. Mm. <laughs> but uh, like, and then he did it Cop Out, which kind of really flushed his career down the toilet. And then he did Red State, and people were like, ugh, he's doing horror now? Even though he really does it with such skill and grace and masterfully done, people were like, I don't like not this. I don't like change. 
But then people also like, I want him to change. Yeah, it's like, I think it was in the Jay Leno video that I talked about. There, He was telling Leno about how someone was pitching to him like, hey, could you direct this film? It's a film where Michael Jackson turns into a car and he gets like a kid to like drive in him or something like that. Okay. And Kevin Smith's response was like, that, that sounds ridiculous. I can make a version of that, but I wouldn't make that. Like the, the I would make a version of that. I feel mm. like that says a lot about who he is. Kevin Smith said like in one of his interviews, like he's like, I, I think I, you know, I was a guy who only has like 10 movies. Yeah, ideas. I saw that video. Yeah. Let's not forget, this is a guy, he's a great writer too. I mean, he does comic books, he does scripts, all the stuff, you know, like mm. uh, the big one that we've talked about on the podcast many a times is when he was hired to do that Superman movie that never <laughs> happened. That's a good video. And then that all pays off to eventually that producer who's obsessed John with Peters. putting yeah. spiders in a movie eventually was a producer on Wild Wild West and that movie had a giant spider and that movie had Will Smith who appears in this movie. Mm. Isn't it all tied together nicely in a little boob? I could say one thing that I know a Kevin Smith from that you probably wouldn't. There's a video game called Killer7. Nice. Which uh, was you on have the, talked about this. Which was on the PS2 and GameCube, but I think in recent months it's been released on PC, and even Yahtzee finally did a review on it, despite talking about it for ages. <laughs> um, and in it, you play as various uh, killer personas, and they all have Smith as a last name, and one of them is named Kevin Smith. And is he a big guy? He's a kind of gangly, shirtless, white guy, albino with like sunglasses, and he's the only one that doesn't use a gun. He uses throwing knives, so he's the only one that doesn't have to reload. So you haven't seen Kevin Smith's supporting acting roles in other things like Daredevil and Die Hard 4? No, but I've heard stories about him working with Bruce Willis, and one of them was on Die Hard 4. of Bruce Willis and him working together are very interesting. We'll talk about that in Cop Out. Because there are positive ones and also negative ones, right? Well, yeah, because time prevailed. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, wasn't there a trivia point that originally it was going to be Bruce Willis that he disses in this film instead of Will Smith? Yeah, but they just couldn't get it all lined up. They probably weren't getting along. I mean, it worked better with Will Smith, because Will Smith was the actor of the 90s. Mm-hmm. I would say, wouldn't you say that? He was the, the the face of the 90s blockbuster scene? Oh, yeah, I'd say like a decade and a half even, yeah. Yeah, I think it all starts petering out around this time, like when this movie came out. Because in around... this movie, they're referencing iRobot, and that's kind of like one of the last big movies I can think of that people like of Will Smith. Like, I, I people like s- iRobot. I haven't seen iRobot, but I kind of think of it at somewhere around seven pounds. It's yeah, we said this in our collateral beauty, and I disagree because I thought seven pounds sucked. <laughs> Wait, had you seen that? I thought you had no, seen but I had seen Pursuit of Happiness. I thought that sucked. Oh, right. And then seven pounds was that one where it's like he dies because of a jellyfish, and you're like, I didn't even remember that. And you said I was lying, and then we looked it up. And I was when like, I watched, I was right. I was like, oh, yes, of course, I remember this. Of course, thing. the jellyfish. Now, Rachel Apps, knowing this movie back to front. Mm-hmm. In and out, except yeah. for that one scene with Ben Affleck's lines. No, no, she knew them. She just didn't want to say. No, I see no proof. Oh, okay, Rachel, go hit him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it without the fade in of the scene. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what I was going to ask you was, would you want to see a follow up to Jersey Girl, in which is called Jersey Woman? She's grown up, Ben Affleck's a granddad. So she's grown up and has a kid of her own. Oh, yeah, because she's a year younger than us, so she's 24. Mm. Would it still be about her? And it's like, do you think that she stayed in Jersey and now her kid wants to go to the city more? Like the 
her kids at the age that they allude to where it's just like in a couple of years you won't be able to keep her out of Manhattan. Yeah. And it's like his journey to like reconnecting to his granddaughter. Oh, you still wanted to be about him. No, like it's the girl's journey, but he, you're she's... framing it with him in mind as the thing that yeah, needs... like he's the influence that like he introduces her to kind of the more upscale parts of Manhattan, and then she's exploring that more. So... No, no, no. It should be no. Here's a good one. We wait another ten years, and the girl's like a teenager, yeah. and she has she's all knowing of Manhattan. But she has to teach Ben Affleck what new Manhattan is like because he's treating it like 1990s Manhattan. Do you so know what I mean? A, and it, Jason Biggs is the villain in this movie. He's the fish out of water in his old pond. I'd love it if it was a different genre movie to what this movie is. Like, Kevin Smith actually makes that superhero movie that he's been secretly wanting to do. I like the idea that Jason Biggs is the villain in it because his career gets flushed down the toilet after this movie. Because he recommends Will Smith, and just Will Smith's movies have bombed <laughs> since he hired Jason Biggs. Or Will Smith, like, abuses him or something? Yeah, no, no, it's because he hired this guy and he gives him sucky movies, like... But he's doing PR, he's not his agent, so he's not picking a script. Ah, that's he's not, true. He's not marketing Will Smith No, no, well. he's, he's like, you're not representing Jaden good. <laughs> he's like, how can yes. I? How can I? And Collateral Beauty sucked. No, it was great. I know, that's when the film would lose me. That's when it would lose you. But when it said seven pounds is good, you'd be like, well, now now it's lost me. It could have been better, yeah. Could have been... Eh. It was It was when Will Smith was trying to win Oscars, baby. Um, no, I'd love to see Jersey Woman, in which it's about her as an undercover superhero, but also trying to be a single mum. Mm. <laughs> and she's like... Beating people up with a thick Jersey accent. Oh, look, Ryan. Nunchucks. You said single mum, so you sold me, but, you know. Single female <laughs> lawyer! No, she has to be a mum. She can be a mum, too. Not just single female, it has to be single mum. Single mum lawyer! There we go, yeah, yeah. There we She's go. the daredevil of New Jersey. She's just taking care of, like, the block. Running around with nunchucks. Well, Rachel's looking really annoyed now. She's like, Daredevil I rather a sweet story about a grandfather learning about his granddaughter's interests. Is Daredevil the blind one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. 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 <laughs> he was, yeah, he's blind because he. Because a bunch of radioactive goose shot in his eyes. That'll and that barrel it. rolls down a gutter onto some turtles. That eventually become the Ninja Turtles. You know this? Is this... What? This is a century. So in the Ninja Turtle comics, they become Ninja Turtles because a barrel of radioactive waste that rolled off after blinding a kid rolls and pours on them and they become Ninja Turtles. So it's like a... And that's why when... In Did Ninja, Marvel make the comics? No, no, no. It's an independent. It's just kind of like... Homaging, and that's why because right. Ninja Turtles are kind of ripping on Daredevil a little. So in Daredevil, the enemy is called the hand. Yeah. But in Ninja Turtles, they're called the foot. Yeah. I think you've told me. Is this the film that there's like a weird elevator scene? Uh, you mean in Daredevil? Yeah. 
Ah, uh, uh, there's many weird scenes in Daredevil, okay. dude. Like, uh, there's a great scene with Colin, Colin Farrell plays Bullseye, and he kills an old woman with a peanut shell because he flicks it, and it goes down her throat, and she chokes to death, and he's like a dick. Yeah, I think you've told me about this. Um, but yeah, Ninja Turtles isn't from Marvel, but there's like you know homaging and ripping off and making. Well, fun you said of. comics, so I'm like, oh, did Marvel get the rights for the comic? <sighs> oh no, I hit my foot. Rachel Apps spilling her water everywhere on the floor. To be fair, though, Ryan, this is one of the most serious scenes in the film, so it's I you get emotional. I wanted to turn away because I can't watch it again. Yeah. Well, there's no sound, so... But he looks so happy. Mm-hmm. Turn away. We'll read all the subtitles, Ryan. What? What? Yeah, what? I, I was, was just on just the phone on the with floor. an old friend that I worked with that... Oh no! I had lunch. Yum yum. That was very good. Oh, good son. This is a commentary track. Yeah, this scene's a real emotional scene. You can see them playing this at the Oscars. You know when they like end up for best picture this year. I thought I was thinking in memoriam. (laughs) George Carlin in memoriam. (laughs) What? He's already dead though, so can't. Ben Affleck then. You think he's gonna die? Ben Affleck. He's, he's a young, fit man who's an alcoholic. Leave him alone. Well, young, fit men have died, right? Rachel's brother one time said to me... Oh, should, should we talk about family members? Yeah, like, Rachel's okay. brother is a big Ben Affleck fan too because he thinks he's gay. Ben Affleck. He thinks Ben Affleck's gay because when Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck broke up, his first words to me, because he's like, you like movies, so you need to know this point of view, was he goes, so Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner broke up. Huh. <laughs> Who would have thought one of them was gay? And I did, and I immediately was like, Jennifer Garner's gay. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he he doubled back with both annoyance and admittance <laughs> that it was funny. He was both annoyed and he thought it was hilarious. Uh, look, I love that during this emotional scene, Stephen Root's cuddling a teddy bear throughout the whole entire scene. Just need to point that out. Oh, it is a teddy bear, yeah. And I like that he's just playing with it, like holding it and cuddling it. Poor old Stephen Root. He just needs... Oh, he's nudging George Carlin. Nudge, nudge. Rachel, why is this scene well, so emotional that you need to spill water all over the floor near my power board? No, it's just like last night because of the scene that's coming up. Oh, she's getting pre-emotional. Coming, yeah. coming up, not this scene. No, no, no. She's going to get emotional about the scene in which they yell at each other oh, on the stairs. Oh, in the upstairs part of the It's scene. still the same scene. Right, it's, right. It's part of the sequence, I guess. Right. Part of the sequence coming up. Yeah, yeah. that is the that is the part. No. Next location. Daddy doesn't want to ride the Batmobile. Daddy wants to eat sushi. Daddy wants to have a doorman. Daddy, daddy, is daddy. That, is that foreshadowing? Because he doesn't want to do Batman anymore. Is he going to mm. do something that has something to do with sushi now? Yeah, he's going to do um, Sushi Girl. That movie with Mark Hamill inexplicably in it. Have you seen that movie? This is it a fil- real film? That's a real movie. Okay. You would love it. You would love it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Sushi Girl. So Weird he's going to do a movie. film that's already been done. Yeah, it's called... Well, you know how Hollywood is. What, remaking? Yeah. Whenever they ever remade a film. Dude, 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 dude. Let me just tell you. There's a remake coming up that I can't believe that they have the audacity. They're like, we're going to remake Escape from New York. Like, <laughs> why would you even bother? They've done this already. It didn't work. When you try to remake John Carpenter movies, they always <laughs> fail. Like when they do the Halloween movies. Or when they did The Thing. You remember when they did The Thing as a mm. remake? Where it was like a prequel and no one saw it. And, and when they did, no one liked it because they used CGI. 
instead of practical effects. Why? 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 Also, Escape from New York is one of those balancing acts of a movie, the original one, where it's like, this isn't really that good of a movie, but it is so atmospheric that you kind of have to enjoy it. And it's so simple and so iconic because it's spawned pop culture in different ways. You wouldn't have Metal Gear Solid. You wouldn't have yeah, they should get David Hayter of- to play the role. Yeah, they want to get some guy to play Not Snake. some guy, David Hayter. Just get Kurt Russell again. Why bother? Get Ben Affleck. Get Liv Tyler. S- stick an eye patch on Liv Tyler and call her Solid Snake. Isn't... Isn't the little girl's actress's name, like, very similar to Fidel Castro or something? Um, like, isn't her last name Castro and her first name is with, like, an F or something? FIFA Fidel Castro... I don't think it's Fidel, but... Fidel, there you go. I could have sworn in... Huh? I did... Huh? What, Rachel? Well, no, I was just saying that Frida would be the female version. Of Fidel. Hmm. Now, this is the scene in which Rachel gets emotional. Now, what makes the scene emotional for you, Rachel? Is it their reactions or the daughter's reaction? It's the daughter's reaction, mainly. Because mm. it's the, the truthfulness of the moment where she just has no idea how to react. And then he tries to do the right thing, but he's said it and he can't take it back. And he's so desperate, like he's trying to catch the words by ca- catching her almost, and mm. then Pop has. It's to like go the in. you were supposed to be the grown up in this, yeah, kind mm. of thing. Yeah, like, but Ben Affleck had to be a dick knob. Yeah, but and then he George set Carlin that up by he said to her when she was still a newborn, "Daddy's a horse's ass." He did say that because George Carlin knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Now. Do you think that you would forgive your parental figure for saying such a thing as quickly as she did? It's a couple of days. A couple of days. It's a couple of days and she's a seven-year-old. Ah, yeah, right. Seven-year-old memories are real small. That's why you can abuse them a lot. They won't retain it. But it's just like, this is the first... Remember when you were seven? Nah. It's kind of like a blur to me now. I like Toy Story 2 in the cinema. You saw that in the cinema? Yeah. Was that when we were seven? You sure? Yeah, I think it was year one. I was seven. Year one. The in grade w- one, I mean. You mean that famous film with Jack Flack Which that we've we done covered on the show? On the yeah. show? The great film, year one. Oh, look, he yeah. finally went to her grave. It's like Batman. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, he, technically, he was at the funeral earlier in the film. Oh, Batman went to his parents' funeral. Did he? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, he was a good kid. That's when, apparently, in most of them, he runs away and falls down the cave or the well, and that's where all the bats are, and he gets scared of bats, and then he's like, I will become a bat! I'll become THE bat! Yeah, it's weird that all the directors, when they make the Batman films, just make him go, the whole film. (laughs) It's weird that every director insists that they have to blind the actor playing Batman. Like, they, they just pour acids in their eyes. It's weird. But they install the cybernetic stuff to give him... Well, no, that, was, no, no, that was just in The Dark Knight. <laughs> when he could turn his neck. <laughs> Remember when that was a big controversy? I love pop culture stuff because the controversies of pop culture are so fucking mundane. Like, I just complained about them making remaking Escape from New York. Really, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I love the fact that there's shit like, I do not like the new cow in Batman. 
the iconic cowl of Michael Keaton. I remember. Where it looks stupid and he can't move his neck and it's so impractical, but, you know, it looks menacing. I'm like, okay. I can't remember if it was from Man of Steel or one of the Amazing Spider-Mans, but I remember a guy in my year level in high school had a, I think, like, a paragraph or two complaint about, like, the shade of red they were using on one of the costumes. It's probably Man of Steel. Yeah, probably. Because one we... thing people liked about Amazing Spider-Man was they liked the Spider-Man outfits. Which, the... Whichever one was coming out between, like, 2011 and 2012. That was both of them, buddy. Yeah, it's okay. Man of Steel... Though the big complaint of Man of Steel was he didn't have the the underwear, the briefs. He was mm. just full blue. Okay, so maybe it was B- Spider Man that he was thinking of. Uh, no, he has a red cape and all, but like uh, I feel like he symbol. was complaining about the red of the Spider Man. People costume. did get annoyed when Man of Steel came out. He didn't have the underwear because it kind of made him visually boring. The reason they that they have the underwear on the outside is it breaks up the visual elements of mm. their outfits, even though it looks stupid in real life. It kind of is better visually to look at than just a big blue guy. Eye candy. Your eye is drawn. I love with Man of Steel how... I don't know if anyone else has this, but whenever you watch Henry Cavill's Superman, how really distracting it is that his chest hair is just pouring out of the Superman outfit is kind of awkward. I don't know if you noticed that. You're a hairy chested guy. I noticed so you're that about maybe myself. Like, yeah. yeah, but uh, maybe, oh, she's Rachel laughed at this. She's like, oh, she's crying in the porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny way of putting it. <laughs> she's in the porn room. Crying. Jeez, yeah, the porn section of the video store. Oh, it's like Empire Records. But crying in the porn. Again. It's like it's like one of those kids shows. They're like, let's enter the TV or something like that. Like, let's enter the porn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kids shows you were watching, buddy, but I want to see that one. Or the one where they enter the porn. Yeah, enter the porn. <laughs> well, I'm saying that this Not is the adult. Not just porn. <laughs> the porn. Yeah, it's like entering the, the internet. The internet? Yeah, yeah, like that Oscar-nominated film. Mm-hmm. Which one? Ralph Breaks the Internet, was it? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's a movie. You mean Emoji Movie 2, made by Disney? It's basically the same idea as the Emoji Movie. Maybe. I haven't no, seen no, that no, either. no. I'm telling you. It's basically the same idea as the yeah. Emoji Movie, but it's the Internet. Uh, you know what? I've seen, I've seen the I Hate Everything on Emoji Movie. Yeah. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, I am right. So here's the thing I've got to be honest with you guys about. The continuity failure. No, life. no, no, I don't care about those complaints, Rachel. We could complain about those all day with any movie ever. My thing I was going to mention was I want to buy the soundtrack and <laughs> play it on a loop so that Rachel can just show me how wicked of a singer she is because she knew every song, every lyric but one. The last song that played during the credits, she was just like, why is this a live version of this song? And walked out of the room. <laughs> Rachel was like, I am not having this live version of this song playing during the credits. I never watched the credits. Wow. I never watched the credits. you scoured every single one. Like, I was waiting for Rachel to be oh, like, right. yeah, so, so, such and such is the best boy. And then that would come up. And I was waiting for I was for literally going to make a joke about, like, who's the best boy, Rachel? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest sounding crew position. Or grip. Mm. You got to love yourself a grip. Best grip. Best boy grip. Boy grip. Death grips. Boy grip sounds a bit dirty. Boy grips, yeah. Well, that's somebody... Unless it's a bullying term, but that's still bad. No, isn't that somebody that they meet in the porn? In the porn? 
Yeah. You're right. When they enter the pond. <laughs> now. Just imagine how this episode will play out. The pawn? Uh, the kids entering the Well, not the kids entering the pawn. Mommy, Liv Tyler Daddy, entering the pawn. We're going to go into the VCR. <laughs> oh, all right. Just v- make sure to take out Daddy's tape. And don't, don't read what it is. And it's actually like he's, big black. It's big Ben black Affleck, dips. and he actually went back and rented Bye Bye Guys. Guys, this is this is the next movie. This is Jersey Jersey uh, Jersey Girl XXX. No, Jersey the, the, Slut. We, talking, <laughs> this is more of a Jersey TV home. special. Uh, so a holiday maybe, special. No, 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 no. It's a Christmas so, TV show like Cyber Chase. How they enter. The world of the cyber chase. And Christopher Lloyd's still in it, though, as, as like, the, the porn director. Yeah, I, I can see this. I can see this. We're moving. We're grooving. We're beating Hacker at his game. That's Cyber Chase's theme. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Cyber Chase. It has the best theme song of a kid's show. I am. I heard you sing it. I'm grooving. I'm moving. I'm beating a Hacker at his game. So Ryan, the big smith's going to turn up in this shot. Kevin? I read that this is the first time in his movies that he did not appear in them because he does usually appear in his own movies. Yeah. As usually Silent Bob, who's usually quiet, and he, that's the gag quiet until Bob, yeah. until he doesn't anymore. Where usually Jay and Silent Bob, Silent Bob, when he does talk, it's really poignant. Mm. Like he gives a grand speech that's like really smart and poignant. I'm saying that Will Smith is playing Kevin Smith as Silent Bob in this scene. Because I did not expect Will Smith to turn up until Rachel said, someone's going to turn out, turn up in the scene, guess who? And then I'm like, Will Smith? And then she gave me this coy look like, it is. So, surpri- surprise taken away from I me. I felt like there was going to be some sort of payoff with Will Smith. I wasn't sure if he was going to turn up or if like, he would be mentioned as having done something. But when he turned up, I was like, ah, I think this is it. I personally was worried during this scene. Because this movie has had dramatic moments and comedic moments, and I was worried that this scene was going to end up with Will Smith discovering that he is who he is and getting Mm. annoyed or ruining his Mm. life or something or other. But instead, it's just Will Smith becoming Jaden Smith by giving us some mystical advice. I did not expect Will Smith to literally turn up as the what's that phrase the mis- magical mis- magic negro or whatever the mystical it was. yeah the magic mystical yeah. negro yeah. in this movie but he does <laughs> and he is dressed exactly like Will Smith I, I will say I thought that he was gonna eventually discover like oh you were that guy but I didn't think I think he'd be too cool to like be bothered by it like oh yeah I've heard that I've heard that Oh, you think it would be real cool about it? Yeah, like... I was waiting for him to be uncharacteristically uncool about it. <laughs> like, he would be like, MOTHERFUCKER! And punch him and be like, YOU KNOW WHO I AM? YOU KNOW WHO I AM? And then he would be like, I DO, I DO! <laughs> I was waiting for him to become Ice Cube. <laughs> now, Rachel, mm-hmm. are you a big Will Smith fan? And a big Ice Cube fan. Oh, uh, that too. I'm a bigger Will Smith fan than I am of Ice Cube. Wow, racist. Picking the black guy over the black guy. <laughs> Picking the lighter-skinned black guy over the darker-skinned black guy. Oh, yeah. Real nice choice. It was just a test, Rachel. It's okay. We know that you're really a big Snoop Dogg fan. Go on. That is a really good choice. <laughs> Out of the three, I think I... You're a big Snoop Dogg I, fan I, because I, he's a big Spyro no, fan. I was about I, to say. <laughs> I, I enjoy Snoop Dogg's music out of the three Do of them you? as musicians. I didn't know you were a big Snoop Dogg <laughs> fan. 
I'm not a big... Rachel opens the closet just... and it's like, memorabilia. And smoke. Comparatively. Rachel has the wow. Tekken DLC with his stage. I'm learning a lot about Rachel wow. from Jersey Girl. So thank you, Kevin. I've learned a lot about my own partner from your movie. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I managed to hide this for a while. Why do you need to hide it? You've been more proud of movies that are con- that I consider to be terrible. Did you know that yeah. Snoop Dogg did the theme song for a Bollywood film? I did. You've told me this before. Okay, well, I guess that's... I do yeah, love the yeah. fact that Snoop Dogg got hand-delivered... Well, not hand-delivered. Drone-delivered Spyro, Spyro drone. from Spyro himself. <laughs> I don't know I've why. Seen, I've seen the Twitter video of him getting it, too. I love Snoop Dogg. <laughs> he's just the weirdest guy. I've enjoyed it when he's been on the show, but he's only been on, like, twice, right? Yeah, and one was a voice. Yeah. But Will Smith's appeared a couple of times, a few times now. This is what, like his third, fourth? This is the third off the top of my head, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a fourth. And this is pretty much the same runtime as Winter's Tale in terms of his appearance. Mm. But this is all just one scene in Winter's Tale. He has like three scenes. And he's Satan in that. We do have another film the way he plays the main character on the list that we want to do. Yes, of course, of course. Mm. But this is Will Smith turning up. Do you have a favourite unexpected celebrity cameo in a movie? It's always hard to choose. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah, I know. It's always hard, and it's always hard to be, like, movie as well. Because I, I immediately, when I say unexpected cameo, I always think of Robert Smith from The Cure in the South Park, when he rocks up as himself to save mm. them from Barbra Streisand. Yeah. And then he leaves again. Uh, one of my favorite celebrity random appearances in movies is whenever someone like Mark Wahlberg turns up in a movie and you're like, what? Why are you here? So like his scene in this. Mark Wahlberg? He's not in this movie. No, that's Matt Damon. Matt Damon? Yeah. Wow. Getting your white guys confused here. (laughs) Yeah. It easily. Uh, It seems like I've stumped you both. Come on, Rachel. I, I, it's hard not to say every Christopher Walken cameo. Cause he does appear in things. Just, he is always amazing when he rocks up. But he often rocks up halfway through the movie and then just stays. Not so. always, though. In Geely, he doesn't. But I haven't seen that. So in Geely, mm-hmm. Christopher Walken, I'm pretty sure it's Geely, rocks up halfway through as the gangster that he has to deal with. And he just comes in and just starts talking about pies. Just That's all he does. It's just like, I, I want a pie thing about pies and he just talks about pies 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 I'm pretty sure it's pies or at least cake and then he leaves and we never see him again <laughs> uh, I do have one in particular though I can't remember the name of the movie but it's one of the Bob Hope ones and it's where Bing Crosby turns up and it's just him driving a car uh, it's like there's son of no reason uh, and the voiceover is like, this is just an out-of-work actor that we like to shove in movies. He's got a family to feed, so we give him a bone to throw, you know? Yeah, those old Hollywood had great cameos. Like, yeah. I liked it when uh, ever Peter Lorre turned up in something, and it's always like, yeah, it's Peter Lorre. Mm. Bartek's still stumped. He's like, I know so many movies, but nothing's appearing in his brain. Yeah, unexpected celebrity cameo. I'm really struggling to think of one. What about... When Jaleel White turned up in in um, Big Fat Liar. Well, that was a cast role, though. He was a big player in that movie. Yeah, so not what really about... a cameo. Like, I have to think minor, too, so yeah. 
It's a toughie. I swear, I wish I looked up this teacher lady. I swear I've seen her in something else. As a teacher lady. She looks a bit like one of our uni teachers. In one of those Louise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does. So, are you guys big fan of Cats? The no. musical? I've never experienced it. Rachel, you haven't either, but you said no very firmly. How do you know? The dog person. <laughs> Brian Blessed was in Cats. Brian Love Blessed Brian Blessed was in Cats. But I am making an assumption because I know that Cats is a all-song musical. Well, you don't like and those. And I don't tend to like those as much. Like, I do really like Repo, the genetic opera, but that's a full opera, so it and feels Tommy. quite different. Of course, and Tommy, yeah. which we covered on the show. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have suffered Cats. I hate it. I hate most Andrew Lloyd Webber things. I give a moderate pass to Jesus Christ Superstar, even though I find only about 60 to 70% of it worth listening to. Mm. Um, he annoys me, and I love that this film, clearly Kevin Smith is annoyed by Cats, the musical, and decided that he needs to let us all know about his hatred of it. Is it popular with kids? I don't know who it's popular with, Bartek. Like, like I think Cats is popular with people who like Andrew Lloyd Webber. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how you're just like, it's popular. I guess it's popular with the people who like it. Mm. It's like the DCEU movies. I don't know who likes Man of Steel, but apparently people like it. I don't know why, but they do. Mm. It's like those people who, who are like, I oh, I love... I love this. Mu- it's also a musical, Bartex. People who love musicals love them and will die for them. So people listening right now are being like, I love Cats. How dare they speak about it? I'm going to give them a one star on iTunes for talking smack about Cats. And also a one cats star sucks. for this episode not being the full film. How dare this film... How dare this commentary not be the film version of a stage show of Cats? <laughs> I'm very upset. Downvoted, it is. Um, but I do love the ongoing joke that he... Kevin Smith clearly must have seen Cats because someone wanted to go to it and he was, like, not having a bar of it. Um, I also hate Sweeney Todd, though, so it doesn't really work in its favour in this movie, but at least it's using the gruesome bit. Does uh does Tim Burton have two things that are about barbers? I guess. Edward Scissorhands, yeah. Yeah, because they kind of... I haven't seen either, and they kind of blend together for me. No, one's good. <laughs> um, That's Scissorhands? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're very different movies. One's not a musical, of course. One is... Sweeney Todd obviously is the musical. Okay. Um, one looks nice, one doesn't. Edward Edward Scissorhands looks nice. (laughs) Like uh, Sweeney Todd looks like a Holocaust movie, for no apparent reason, and it really looks CGI a lot. Like because they just shot it with those. Like you know how movies nowadays don't want to shoot things in locations or sets anymore. Mm. Sweeney Todd just looks really fake to me. The only good thing about Sweeney Todd, and I'd recommend seeing just Googling it and YouTubing it, is Sasha Baron Cohen's in Sweeney Todd. Yeah. As the Italian barber competitor who's a, like a, a huckster con man who's selling people these like perfumes and hair products and it's just like piss. His own piss in jars and shit. Smells like piss. It's piss. Like, that's one of the funniest singing lines in it. And he's the best part. And he gets br- 
brutally murdered and he's only in it for like 10 minutes and you're like oh i wish there was more sasha baron cohen because that was that period of time where we didn't know that sasha baron cohen could do more yeah you remember that period of time where it was like only sasha baron cohen could do the pretending to be someone to trick people Mm. and we didn't know he could actually act in things because no offense to the Ali G da movie. In da house, right? In da house. So I'm thinking of um, uh, Rachel's mum's favorite TV show, uh, Mrs. Brown's Boys da movie. Okay. Rachel's mum loves Mrs. Brown's Boys. Uh, Reese does, I think. Of course. What did you say to me? You're saying our mutual friend and someone who studied film likes that piece of trash. How dare you? I don't know about the film, but I know he likes the TV show. Oh, poor George Carlin. I like how he just smashes through the oven. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I liked when we first met George Carlin. Um, he nearly killed him by scaring him on that ladder. <laughs> yeah. George Carlin, like, nearly died. Loved that. Uh, now... I love seeing live theatre. I really do. The main reason I love seeing it is when it's bad. <laughs> Which this would be like... This, what they sat through, would be my fucking dream. I would love... To, I love, love, love amateur shit. Well, you should see more school productions then. School productions are the best. Rachel's a teacher and she worked at a school that had a production of Hairspray where they had all the white kids being the black kids <laughs> <laughs> except for thing. except for the one black girl who they didn't have oh, yeah, the, as was, one of the ma- they had her as a background singer yeah in the chorus there they had a black girl an aboriginal girl and a girl who's like um part part something. english heritage and part israeli and they had them as the background people, but they had some white girl singing like the big me mammy song, basically, mm-hmm. where they actually had projections on the wall of Martin Luther King and <laughs> s- and even Spike Lee and all these historically great black people over Trying the to make decades. It a little less racist. A little less racist. But it didn't help. Well, it's a good when when she spoke like this, like I don't know, she had some fake Italian, but also jive American black person accent. It was yeah, great. Well, like you... that was her natural accent because she's part Puerto Rican. So Rachel, you're working at a new school now. Uh, what's their musical? The Wiz. The Wiz. Okay, well now people can with Google all... which school's doing the Wiz and know where Rachel. All is. white, <laughs> all white kids. Which one's the Wiz? The black version of the Wizard of Oz. Why don't they just do Wizard of Oz? Because it's not black. It's different. Right. Yeah, it is different. The Wiz had Michael Jackson in it. Okay. The original movie. Did he turn into a car and get kids to ride in him? No, I think he was a scarecrow. I want to say. I can't remember. I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure it has the Jacksons involved. And it's black. Okay. Yeah. And they're like, let's get the white kids to do it. (laughs) Well, you know, you got to give these schools a pass because it's not like they can choose what they do, right? Mm Hmm. Yes, they can. Yes, they do. That's the joke. So Liv Tyler is here, and I'm really happy that at the end of the movie they don't end up as a proper couple. They're more with the ability to become one in the future. Yeah, willing to explore. Because I feel like it would have been, you know, forced and kind of rushed if they did do it. You know what was really, 
Like, I know I said Roger Ebert's review was, like, normal and glowing, but, like, the one of the last paragraphs, he was talking about how this film knows what it's doing, and that Kevin Smith really shows that he's been hanging out in video stores growing up, yeah. because he used these three cliches, and he played them straight, and that was genius. And nice. It felt kind of weird, like... The way you say it doesn't make it sound genius because he's playing them straight, but... But sometimes in this edgy world, let's be like, eh, we're playing it, but we're not, you know, like, we're acknowledging it, but... I, I guess yeah, I guess yeah. it's because Roger but surprised me. He did. He was a good boy for this one. Were you happy with the ending of this movie? The ending of this film? I think I was alright with it. Are you as happy as Rachel is right now as she solemnly smiles to herself while watching this? Smiling is bad as much as Stephen Root here. <laughs> but he I, has a beer, and we're in a like kind of stuffy room. <laughs> I, I, you want a beer? I, I have to go out. Well, I'll we be back. You and I don't drink, Ryan. So you know. <laughs> you, you want you want non-alcoholic beer? I'll just drink my pee. Don't worry about it. You drink your own I urine. I can give you a virgin screwdriver. You want a virgin screwdriver? Do you even know what that is? Yeah, it's a tool. That you haven't used yet. No, it's a tool only for virgins. There you it go. only appears for virgins. It's like the room of requirement for a screwdriver. Wait, so can you only see it if you're a virgin? Yeah. And you okay. can only feel it too. Okay, so how do you know if you have it? You you know. No, but how but how would Rachel know that she has it to give to me? Oh, oh, because you'll acknowledge it. Well, you know, I'm saving myself for marriage, Bartek. Oh, fuck oh, off, you are. <laughs> fuck off, Ryan you are. Barely, you could barely contain yourself <laughs> when Ben Affleck was on screen. Well, Ryan, did, you didn't get the saving for marriage memo? <laughs> Jesus didn't memo it to me personally, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, you bad Catholic boy. Catholic boy. There is an O, so yeah, Catholic. I always think of Blackadder. Season two, where she, uh, where Lady Whiteout is like, when we get cold, we just throw some more Catholics on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I always pronounce it that way, because Miriam Margolis is always like Catholics. Uh, this is a great little shot. Like I like how it gets a little surreal here at the mm, end. Very like theater. you know, very theater. That's why I was saying I love amateur theater because I always end plays like that but this is a good one obviously a nice little tribute to kevin smith's father here you know you could tell this movie was an emotional movie to make yeah i noticed that i had miss, a heart i miss you pop and that's what uh that's what george carlin gets called right pop yeah pop, pop. Yep. oh uh where's where's the actress that played the little girl uh, she is Ra Raquel. Raquel 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 Castro, but oh, it's actually not even not, not even close. I was right about Castro. Not even close. So the movie has unfortunately ended. Let's get into our reviews and ratings, and then we're going to hear from Bartek what he has managed to find in on the One internet. Review from IMDb this time. Excellent. I found a few things, but. I found one long one that I want to read. Excellent. Okay, we'll it was written by out. Kevin Smith. Keep an eye out for the best. I, I've actually <laughs> included this person's username, but it wasn't Excellent. Kevin Smith. So I'm going to go first. Jersey girl, more like Jersey. Whoa. Uh, Jeff China of Jersey, please. Jeff China's Jersey is the <laughs> best movie ever made. It's pretty good. The best boy grip was Jeffrey Johnson, by the way. So I well, just he's not the, the daily grip. Oh, he's not the Daily Grip. No, the best boy the rigging best was James one. Bell. And Johnson is a perfect porn name. It is. So... It means dick. You nailed it. Like he will in porn. 
Into the porn we go! <laughs> so... Whoa, uh, Foley editor Christopher the Bear Barrick. Not Frank Pepe. 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 So, here's my review. Yep. Great film, really emotional. For someone who has witnessed Kevin Smith movies, I was really taken aback by the unique approach to this movie's subject matter because you could see this exact storyline play out with more of that kind of mean-spirited, edgy comedy that Kevin Smith is known for doing. I mean, his comedies do have a, a, a razor-sharp edge to them and a cynicism to them. I mean, I won't get into what Clerks has going on in it, but that has some really kind of nasty stuff and nasty characters. And you could see him falling easily into that trap. But I appreciate that someone who is more of a comedic guy took a step back and went a bit soul-searching here and delivered to us an unapologetically sweet movie. I just think to myself, we don't get many of these sweet movies as much anymore. They're more of an anomaly at this point. Like these just movies made for, for women in particular but just all families that are just naturally sweet. There's no big cynical twist in this movie. Like, it's all pretty straightforward. You kind of know where it's going to go, but it also has a few spanners in the works along the way that makes it so it's a bit of an uneven drive. Yeah, these kind of films, even though they are good, they don't even really get, like, Oscar nominations either. Oscar mm. nominations in recent years have all just been about, like, big, introspective kind of... You know, I'd serious dramas. Just add something that I just noticed from the credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Tom Waits wrote Jersey Girl? <laughs> no, it's it, it, since I don't know Will Smith, I didn't realise that he was the co-author of Parents Just Don't Understand. Yes. They I, mentioned it in the movie. I know, but I thought that, that was referring to a parenting book because I didn't know that it was a song. It's an album, babe. <laughs> They mention the, it. The director would like to thank Mum for raising me right, and this is the oh, only thing she like, likes. Oh, I didn't notice this. Yeah. They have a full little thing. Liv, my new favorite actress. Oh, that's cute. Ah, oh, that's cute. So, um, yeah, this movie's great. I'd recommend checking it out. If I had to give this movie a <laughs> and rate... the tabloids for nothing. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I saw that last night. So, and I was just like, I don't know if I actually saw it or if my eye was like combining words, but Ryan's just like, not. Nah, why would they say that? So, yeah, this movie, if I had to give it a rating, I would give it thanks, tabloids, for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Except Roger Ebert. You Except for Roger Ebert, I guess. But so, there you was go. Was he still being printed in the tabloids? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Chicago, Sun yeah, yeah. Times, or whatever it was. So, Rachel, being a big expert fan of it, I'll leave you to last. Bartek, let's hear from you. Definitely in your review, you pointed out that you're more familiar with his work and that this was your chance to see something different. I suppose it would be kind of logical for someone to say that, you know, I'd kind of want to see his more typical stuff first before seeing something different. But in the context of this podcast, I... I, I do like that I got to see something different first so that we can have, like, a, you know, varying of experiences so that yeah. maybe in the future three episodes I might point out things that, like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Jersey Girl. You know, I'm not saying that will happen, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe Red I'll, State might. Maybe this will have, like, an well, early... You know that Zach and Miri has people in their underwear, so... Well, and poo. Yeah, I remember the and poo. poo. Yeah. So oh, it's also made by the same guy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Kevin, Kevin James himself? <laughs> 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 no, 
No, I really enjoyed this film. I remember when I came to the studio and talked to Ryan, I'm like, this was a really sweet film. Mm. You know, sweet films, they don't necessarily rank the highest on my list, but when a film is sweet and you enjoy it, 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 it gives you good feelings. Not to say that this film is pure sweetness. You do have the bitter moments, which are, you know, the, the moments that Rachel, in her experience, would have cried early to prepare herself for. Real drama. And we, we talked about how, even though this film has multiple genres on it, or attached to it, some of them are only, like, elements of. And I think the elements were used excellently here. I think that this film definitely deserves more love, should deserve more appreciation, and I give this film the greatest journey into the porn ever told. Rachel, let's hear from you. It is very hard for me to describe how I feel about this film because it's caught up in so many different things and I have watched it so much and it just has a place in my memory and in my heart. And I know that not everybody appreciates it the way that I do, so that's why I tend to underplay or hide how much I care about this film and how it does it takes me back to a very specific point in my childhood. Um so I'm just gonna give it five full hearts out of five. Oh. She was holding her hand over her heart when she said that. Next time we have you on, we'll do a Snoop Dogg film so we can learn about him. <laughs> yeah, you're big. Basically. Name us your favourite Snoop Dogg song. Well, I like Caught Red-Handed, which is actually, he's just the guest appearance on, but his parts are the best parts. So. Who's the main person? I don't know. I'm just taken aback by Rachel's <laughs> Snoop. I could not tell you for the life of me a name of any song Snoop Dogg is a part of. Let alone <laughs> one where he's just guested on. Like I can't tell you a Snoop Dogg song, but Rachel's like, oh, that, that's me? one. That's one of many I know. The was the Bollywood one's called "Sing Is King." Was that when he was Snoop Lion? I can't remember. I don't think so. Because he started as Snoop Doggy Dog. Then he then he became Snoop. Then he became Snoop Dogg. Then he became Snoop Lion. Now back to Snoop Dogg. I can't remember the name of the song, but my favourite one by him is the one where he goes, na 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 it's the motherfucking D-O-double-G Snoop Dogg. <laughs> okay, let's hear the IMDb review that you've got for us. <laughs> yes, of course. Is it written by Snoopy him- Snoop himself? No, Ryan. This reviewer's username is literally, and it's two words separated by a hyphen, film critic. <laughs> so okay. IMDb user film hyphen critic. Might be, might be Roger Ebert, okay. I don't think so, because it, this film, this sorry, this review is titled <clears throat> Cats is the second worst thing that ever happened to New York City. Okay. And is from the 3rd of October, 2004. Okay. This is a long review, so I've taken out everything else that I brought for this episode. So it's just the one. <clears throat> uh, and he, he follows, the first sentence follows on from the title. So the title, Cats is the second worst thing that ever happened to New York City. The review itself. The first was, not to jump on the film critic bandwagon, Jersey Girl. Uh, For those of you that know me... Of course, of course. I know you. You're my best friend. (laughs) This was the moment I'm like, I have to use this guy. (laughs) I am normally one that will give a film the benefit of the doubt before jumping onto the bandwagon with the rest of the critics. 
Normally, this is how you find some great films. You get past what those that are paid to speak highly or negatively about a film say, and you watch it yourself. That is why I had to rent Jersey Girl before I could fully say that it was a bad film. So I watched it, and well, it was a bad film. Oh! Have you ever seen those documentary nature programs that slow down time to show you exactly where the prey went wrong before the predator captured it? I think I can pinpoint exactly where Kevin Smith's decision to make Jersey Girl was bad. I don't even think I need slow motion. The fact that he used not only J-Lo and Benifer in the same scenes, in brackets, during their moments of glory together, okay. but he also used America's favourite, in quotes, hug-able actor, Will Smith, to play the part of Benifer's conscious. What? Oh, okay. Okay. It was a... <laughs> so wait, it went wrong for two seconds at the beginning and two seconds at the end. Okay. It was a low blow for us clerks fanatics and a lower blow for Smith, in brackets, whichever one you wish to choose. <laughs> I always believe that you should try something before making your decision, but with the well, uh, but with this film, I say skip it and return back to a time where Smith in brackets again, again, either one, was funny and his style of filmmaking was all his own. Ah, got you. Will Smith doesn't make movies. He stars in them. Exactly. Ah, got you there, dumbass. <laughs> I can now officially say... Owned him. I can now officially say that Kevin Smith has sold out. I was worried with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back that too much money would make him greedy and forget his roots. I was slightly wrong because Strike Back did make me laugh and continued with his, hyster his hysterical developed characters. We have grown up with Kevin from his first film all the way until his recent release of Jersey Girl. And I must say that if I were a best friend of the man, I would have to slap him across the face. What happened with this film? When did it become cool for a very independent and radical director to step forward and make a film that was nothing more than a refurbished Hollywood production? Full stop, no question mark. I, I have seen films like this before, and I never thought I would live to see the day when Kevin Smith's name would be attached to one. I understand that he wanted to give praise to his father... But by going outside of his patented signature design is not paying your full respects. This was a classic case of Hollywood handling, handing Smith more money than he knew what to do with and Smith bowing down to the masses. I argue about this in so many other films that it really saddens me to see Smith fall into this category. Where has Kevin Smith gone? So, where are the problems in this film? Where are you, Kevin? Will Smith is a major one. It was completely unnecessary to use America's favourite actor to be the Jiminy Cricket of the film. I saw that scene coming from a mile away. The only people who were shocked were the teeny boppers in the front that just love Will Smith. It nearly made me want to vomit. 
Where was the Kevin Smith humour, the intellectual conversation, and even the audio jokes? Nothing that made Kevin Smith the director he is today was in this film. I realise that he wanted to get away from the world he created with Clerks, but did he need to abandon all that was good and sacred and literally sell his soul to corporate Hollywood? Literally, Ryan? Yes. I was hoping that the answer would be no, but sadly it was yes. Add to bad direction and an uncreative story, some bad actors, and you have Jersey Girl pretty much summed up. I first had the feeling, brackets, within the first 20 minutes, that this could be a drama, and perhaps it was marketed incorrectly, but that was blown away when Gertrude grew up and there was that classic running to save someone scene near the end. Affleck was... Is that in comedy? Okay. Affleck was horrible as the crying guy that is full of rage and emotion. Aww. (laughs) I hate when actors cry and there is just one tear coming from one eye. This was yet another cliched moment brought to you by Kevin Smith. Lopez was horrible and one-dimensional. She was a pivotal... But she wanted to be a crack whore. Who? Sorry. I'm just outraged that she was accusing her of being one-dimensional when she wanted to just be a crack whore when she was, like, seven months pregnant. Oh, yeah, I remember that gag in the movie. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'd... She needed... Rachel needed to interject with that. <laughs> it was an important I, I was point. intrigued by it. Don't worry. Uh, let's see. One dimensional. She was a pivotal point to this film. She could have at least tried acting for once. George Carlin was boring. He just wasn't as funny as I thought he was going to be. The cameos were interesting, but nothing to write home about. You just about. said you hated the one that's in there. Then we have... Referring, I think that's Jason Lee and... Uh, Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. fair point. Then we have Liv Tyler. Oh. Smith made... Sorry, Smith possibly made the worst choice ever to cast her as the female leading role. He, Her randomly sexual moments seem forced and uncollected. Her connection with Affleck was completely Hollywood and the chemistry seemed to be concocted by leftover Meg Ryan films. How can a director say that he wants to move away from the clerk's world, yet still use actors that were that were all his other films? They were his other films, right? Yeah. In fact... Oh, sorry. It just didn't work. In fact, I can safely say that nothing worked in this film. If you are a fan of recycled Hollywood films, this is possibly going to be your home run for the evening. If you are a fan of Smith and are looking for any redeeming value, do not see Jersey Girl. Shame on you, Kevin Smith. I deserve money back on this film. Grade, one out of five. He doesn't want to be in the film critic bandwagon, but his username is film critic. And he uses a rating system. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, thank you, film... Was it literal film critic? Film hyphen critic was his username. Film critic, thank you. Uh, Rachel, thank you very much for coming on the show, talking about your favourite film of all time, apparently, Jersey Girl. I thought it was going to be always 30 going on thir- uh, 13 going on 30 slash suddenly 30, but little did I know that you loved a film more than that one. I thought it was Meet Dave. Oh, she loved Meet Dave. 
Um, Bartek, a pleasure as always. I can't wait for the upcoming month to wash over us and as we mm. engage in more Kevin Smith movies. Hopefully, the Kevin Smith movies that we see will make you yearn and want to go out and search for his more appreciated works. Yeah, I still have a copy of Clerks in my DVD collection. I just haven't watched it. It's a pretty interesting movie, man. you got to remember, independent movie, early yeah. 90s, mm-hmm. man. You know, it's a thing I think I... The thing about this whole month is doing Kevin Smith is you know the thing about Kevin Smith that appeals to so many people is he, he comes across as just a guy like you just a guy like me like a small independent filmmaker who eventually snowballed into success and notoriety and now he's you know very popular has podcasts innovative in that kind of area as well just an interesting dude all around. Next week, we will be covering Zack and Miri Make a Porno. Okay. The great quality classic movie. So stick around for that because then, well, we're going to be covering more Kevin Smith movies. I already kind of said which ones, but yep, keep an eye on all of that. You can find out more on our social medias. We have our Twitter, we have our Facebook. We're on all the podcasting platforms. Just search for Spit and Polish Presents and you shall find us easily. Give us a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform site allows that because that's always helpful and you know we always like reading them and seeing what people have to say yeah, we we have we can take suggestions for films you might want to see on the show on our uh, facebook page and you can email us at spit and polish ed spit and polished at gmail.com so until next time listening people you should remember to be kind to each other yes indeed all right let's go into the porn <laughs>